Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning. Hope you had a great weekend. We welcome you to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman and the entire cast of characters back in our Hamilton studios today. Casey, good morning. Trace, welcome back. Hope you're feeling better. I am. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, I mean, what else is there to he say? The I, I don't He's know. I better. answered the question. I feel, I feel, feel right. pretty, okay. pretty, pretty swell. Good. Um, good. Yeah, I'm here. I know. We're really glad you're here. We missed you last week. Which is week. a good thing. Our coverage of the WNBA Finals was not the same without Trace being here. Casey, you're all right? Yeah, I'm doing good, Tom. Uh, had a pretty good college weekend, except for Penn State. That that stinks. But other than that, it was it was good week betting on college. Not so hot on NFL. Oh, you're back again now. Since I, you I'm won back. the six hundo, you're back on the. I, I'm, uh, I'm all the way back. Yeah, all the way wow. back. Tom, you don't even know who played in the WNBA Finals. What's that? You, you don't You're even talking know. About that don't guy even know don't. I played. talked about him. Back-to-back champions for the Las Vegas Aces. Who'd they play? New York. Liberty. The Liberty. Mm-hmm. The Liberty. All right. Standing tall. Lady we Liberty. We a whole segment on it. I stand, it I stand corrected. Lady so Liberty. My apologies. I, I, did not, I did not think that you had that in you, so I uh, formally apologize to you. You have this beautiful monologue written. I don't want to get in the way of it. Uh, but I do think that uh, I could round up probably the top seven high school basketball players in the country and win the WNBA. But go ahead. Elliot, good morning. Morning, Tom. How was your trip? We will cover it later in the show. How was your uh, trip to Indianapolis for the Brownies v. Colts? It was great. It was great. I've, n- I've never been uh, to Lucas Oil for a football game. I've been, I've been there for the national championship game between Duke and Wisconsin. But I've never been there for a football game. It was electric. I, I think it's – I've been to now several games at Paycor. I think it's not comparable. I think I had Paycor's way more – way I'd, better. I had way more fun. I had way more fun at Lucas Oil. Way more fun. Wow. Way okay. more. All right. Everyone knows when you when you look at Paycor and Lucas Oil that Paycor is aesthetically better, Tom. Everyone everyone knows that Paycor is just a prettier it's just a prettier stadium inside and out, and that's what matters most. Tom, it was a great weekend. I'm sorry that Trace doesn't come in here with the pep that I do every Every Monday. You didn't walk in with Pep. You, you, this is one of those days today where you basically have just turned it on, like with a light switch coming on, well, because you are as quiet doing. as a mouse, if I'm allowed to say that, oh, for uh, most of this morning. That was wordplay. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I got the lights turn on. You got you to gotta put on the facade, Tom, and that's what I'm doing. Got to right get ready to get ready to get ready. Well, let's rock and roll. All right. Well, let's rock and roll. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10. Hey. hey. Oh, my God. What? It's like the Alabama band, late to 12 p. That's Eastern time. You can find us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. If you'd prefer to join us in podcast form, which many, many, many thousands of you do, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Bengals, of course, had the weekend off. It's their last one of this year. They're back to work today at Paycor. They will play on Sunday in Santa Clara against the once-beaten San Francisco 49ers. Now, the Niners are focused on what's directly ahead of them, and that's tonight in Minnesota taking on the lowly Vikings in Monday night football. And, Trace, you informed us the Bengals are five-and-a-half-point dogs in that one, according to Bedfred. That's what, that's what Reed actually Reed, – Reed was on that. Reed's uh, – I don't know if he likes that or loves it. We'll see later I, in the show maybe. But That feels 
fair, right? Uh, I would have said it would have been anywhere between four. Four would have been the lowest. If, if the if the Bengals were only four-point underdogs, I'd be all over the Bengals. If they were seven-point underdogs, I'd be all over the 49ers. Five feels right in the middle. It feels about right, so that, that feels fair. It's a, it's a decent spread. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we're going to find out, of course. we got a whole week to get ready for that thing. Uh, let's bounce around some of the action yesterday. We'll get into more in-depth conversation about a number of these games individually. But look, can there be any doubt who the best team in the AFC North is right now? No, no chance, right? Baltimore is the best team. And boy, did they look the part yesterday against the 5-1 and one Detroit Lions. Maybe the Lions are frauds after all. I don't know. But Lamar Jackson, I got to tell you, with all the talk about this guy and this guy and this guy, the more and more this season goes on, Lamar Jackson, for my money, looks like the best quarterback in the league. I think he's the MVP of the league. He's playing that well right now. Now, can he stay healthy? That's been the knock. The last two years, he's missed 10 games at the final month, month and a half of the seasons, the last two years, including the playoff game last year against the Bengals. So they got to keep him on the field. But in the first half alone yesterday, he throws for 255 yards, two touchdowns. He runs another one in for a touchdown. And the Ravens opened a 28-0 lead, and it was a 38-6 drubbing of the Lions. Baltimore goes to 5-2. and two. Then there's the Brownies. Elliott was there. A lot of Cleveland fans, I would assume, there. There were a lot of Cleveland fans. Way too many Cleveland fans. They got great fans. They have the very worst. <laughs> They have the very worst fans in the entire world. Why in the world would you say they have the worst fans? They have great fans. Yeah, I, sure. I, a lot of them cheer for Deshaun Watson. Everybody knows Deshaun's a good guy, so that's good. And then, so yesterday, oh I was, we were at the game. We were at the game. Uh, and, and after Jerome Ford, he took off for a 75-yard touchdown to start it immediately. And I started hearing rumblings of these Browns fans. They started barking like dogs. It started. Well, you gotta love that. What's wrong with that? It's a well, dog pack. Well, I, I thought it was. I thought it was like. A, I thought it was a scoring thing. Like every score, they'll just bark like dogs, uh, make a fool, make a fool of themselves. But literally, after every snap, they kept barking. There was a guy next to me. And he, I, I, he was a little tanked up, as you would say, Tom. Yeah. He was a Browns fan. As he should be, as long as he wasn't driving home. I, I'm sure he did. And and we have we have this Brown fan just kept barking in my ear like a dog. And it was the most annoying thing I've ever heard. And he got the last laugh. I was, I, we, were, we were laughing in his face when Michael Pittman took off for the 80-yard touchdown or whatever it was at the, uh, at the very end. We thought the Colts had won it. I was laughing at his face, and then he barked right in my face at the end. It was really sad. Did you get different types of barks? Like, he barked in your face at the end? He barked in my face. Tom. Why were you cheering for the Colts? Yeah, I was, I was cheering for the home team. Root, root, root for the home team. That's, that's the, the song. song. Yeah, that's what the song says. Okay. All right, fair enough. We'll I'm sure more. they're great people. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do their best. They, they, they got Hard great workers. fans. They got great fans, and all I know is the Brownies pulled off the miracle. Right, scored a touchdown, fourth and goal from a two. They try three straight passing plays, and then finally Stefanski says, "Hang on a second. What are we best at? What are we best at?" And that is lining up and smashing your face right in the ground, and that's what they did. Touchdown on a running play. I think Zach Taylor would call a running play on fourth down and goal. He's done it. He did it this year against the uh, Cardinals. You're in the same play. Four I'm times. talking about win or lose. This is the whole game's down to one play. 
Now, maybe he wouldn't and shouldn't, quite honestly. I was going to say, yeah, maybe we As bad as your run blocking is. So that would be understandable. But 39-38, the final. Brownies win. They got a uh, benefit of a holding call and a pass interference call there on that final drive. One of them looked like the right call. The other one looked brutal. It was an uncatchable pass. Uh, But the Browns, don't look now, Casey, four and two on the year. And then there's the men of aluminum. Pittsburgh, they make it a clean sweep for the AFC North yesterday. They go out west. I just can't understand how anybody in their right mind gets excited about the Rams. I heard a lot of that talk last week. The Rams are no good, period. And the men of steel aren't all that great either. But their defense is really good. And they are now 4-2 in the year after a 24-17 win. Kenny Pickett came alive in the fourth. Say what you will about him, Casey. Say what you will. Mm-hmm. 4-2. Yeah, I still stink. Tom, did you watch that game at all? Ravens 5-2. and two, Brownies 4-2. and two, Steelers 4-2. and two. Yep. Right? And you have quarterbacks after Lamar that are named P.J. Walker and Kenny Pickett. Ahead of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yes, what were you saying? I was just saying, I watched that game, and I, I understand that L.A. doesn't have a big fan base, but any they were cheering in L.A., thousands of miles from the city of Pittsburgh. They were cheering. You could audibly hear them cheering for the Steelers in the Rams' home field. It blew my mind that every time the Steelers would do something, you'd hear the entire stadium, ooh, does L.A. just have no football fans? They, you know what? They really don't. I mean, they put the two fans here. I mean, the two teams here, for an obvious reason, television market, right? I mean, end of story. They got two teams. And most games you go to there, most games, unless it's somebody like Houston coming in, or, you know, somebody like Jags that. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, when you get teams that have and, – and look, um, all the years I did the NFL, the two teams that traveled fans like I've never seen were the 49ers and the Steelers. And, man, you're right. They were everywhere. But that happens all the time in L.A. It happens to the Chargers. Yeah, it's just – it's crazy that – and we've talked about this on this show before, that we keep trying to make football work in that town – and I, I just can't see it happening well. I think I, I bet you in the next two decades, one of those two teams leave just because they got no fans there. They have no fans there. Maybe it's a big enough spectacle of a tourist town to where people are still feeling the stadium, still feeling it, but it just doesn't work. It just L.A. does not care about football, at least the NFL. Oh, you're right. You're right. Cannot deny it. The shocker of the weekend occurred in Foxborough. Can anyone truly figure out the Buffalo Bills? I mean that sincerely in asking that question. That is a talented team. And here they are, 4-3. and three. They lose to the lowly Patriots, 29-25. to 25. Josh Allen, look, lots to love about him. But the guy continues to be so sloppy with the football, just as he was last year. He turns it over twice in the Bills' loss to New England. And by the way, as a side note, I don't know if many of you have caught this story about it. apparently what happened on Saturday. Did you hear about all this with Ian Rappaport reporting that Belichick had already been given a long-term contract by Kraft? Um, whether that's been confirmed, no one has said. But apparently at the Hall of Fame induction over the weekend, 
where Mike Vrabel goes in, special team coach goes in, Belichick's walking down the line at this big ceremony, hugging those guys like long-lost brothers, and basically looks the other way in about a two-second handshake with Kraft and walks off. And now everybody's wondering what is going on between Belichick and Robert Kraft. It's Belichick's 300th coaching victories, tied for second most all-time with George Papa Bear Hallis. Next up would be Don Shula. Kansas City did what Kansas City just does to just about everybody, especially in their own division, and that is win. Patrick Mahomes, four more touchdown passes. Travis Kelsey, 12 catches, 179 yards and a touchdown, a 31-17 drilling of the overrated Chargers. As a starter in his career, including the postseason, Patrick Mahomes is 81 and 20. Not bad. By the way, the games that Taylor Swift has come to this year, as opposed to the games she has not come to this year, Kelsey is averaging double the number of receptions and double the number of receiving yards when she's in attendance. What does that tell you, if anything? Tom, was that like you in high school when your girlfriend would come to the game? You I, didn't like three, girl, I didn't have any girl. I didn't have any girlfriends. No, they didn't like me. No, single, just no. a single man. Just, just, Stack. Just a boy, just trying to plow through. Uh, Taylor Swift. Taylor what could Swift. she do for the zebra zillionaires? Uh, yeah, she she supported the cause. I had money on the Chiefs because the Chargers are fraudulent, and so is Justin Herbert. But it was it was it was great. I, I saw that little handshake she did. I I sent the video to Casey. Actually, I don't know if you want to do it now or later. But I I sent I there was a handshake between her and Brittany Mahomes. I don't yeah. know if you know Brittany Mahomes. <clears throat> I know who she uh, is. She's she's public enemy number one, and she was with Taylor Swift, and they concocted perhaps the worst handshake the world's ever known. So I thought that was silly. I thought that was a cute little thing they did. But the, the Taylor Swift stuff's got to stop. I, 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 I can't keep – I, I, I can't – Why I can't are you guys place. so worried? I mean, it's, one of the nastiest things I've ever read comes from Mr. Moe. He's here with us every day. He says, can Taylor Swift please fall out of the box so we have to start he stop hearing from her? I mean, come on. Come on, Mr. Moe. You're better than that. There it is. Here's the handshake, Tom. Oh, yeah. A little butt bump. There we go. Oh, oh, oh. Ah. Brutal. That's a good one. Brutal execution there. <laughs> What's wrong with that? They were on it. They weren't on it. Well, you guys are always just looking for all these. I mean, you know, it's like. You know, Tom, it's like, I agree with you. I don't, I don't get it. Like, she was on air for maybe like 60 seconds that entire game. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, the, the equal amount of time was shared with the Chargers chick. She was back. I don't know if you guys saw that. Oh, I saw she it. Was, she, yeah, she, got she, was to that, she was at that game? Yeah, she was at that game. Oh, my gosh. Really? She was there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was there. Okay. Yeah, the NFL stop. paid her out. Uh, look, last year trip. we had on one of the, the, the best uh, guests we've had in big, low country from down in Atlanta. And we got to get this guy back because the Falcons got it going on, right? They're now the leaders in the AFC South. It was an ugly game. I mean, ugly. Turnovers, penalties. It was brutal. Right? But they beat Tampa Bay in Tampa 16-13. And good for former UC star Des Ritter. Took his team down the field in the final minute. Had a big 40-yard, 39-yard completion to Kyle Pitts to get him in field goal range. They kick a 50-yarder to win it. Good for Des Ritter. 
And for those in this room and many of you at home wondering about Philadelphia, Casey was saying, nah, 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 Philly ain't what they used to be. Well, wonder no more. The Eagles defense, I mean, you talk about just shutting down Tua and this high-octane Miami offense. 244 yards is it for the Dolphins. They sack him three times in a 31-17 route. Philly 6-1 and one now on the year. College football. Now, a lot of friends of mine went to the UC game down at Nippert on Saturday, and they told me, they said, look, at least the team had some life. They showed some life, which they didn't have against Iowa State. Right? A little bit of fire. Okay. So all that's fine and dandy. And so were the 244 rushing yards against Baylor. They averaged almost seven yards per carry. But the bottom line is simply this. When they need a play, they don't get it. They lose 32-29 to Baylor, who isn't any good. They've lost five in a row. And next week, they go to red-hot Oklahoma State. You have to start wondering if UC is going to win a conference game now. I would say no at this point. I think West Virginia, Houston, and UCF. Oklahoma State Oklahoma State's going to beat UC by 55 points. 55 points. UCF, there's a little bit of a glimmer. Houston, a little they bit. They gave of, Oklahoma a game over the weekend. They did. Houston's, Houston's underrated. UCF, UCF, Houston, both of them are all right. Uh, and then we have Kansas, who I think Kansas is better than UC, too. You're looking at a 2-10 and 10 record. That has to be – I don't know. I don't have the records in front of me, but it has to be one of the worst, worst teams of the last 25 years. Not good. Don't have a quarterback. That's unfortunate. He was a Heisman front runner. He he's 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 fallen off the face of the earth. Where did you read he was a Heisman front runner? Did you watch that game against that directional Kentucky team? Yeah, that was it, it was it was against direct it was direction A against direction A Kentucky and Emory Jones threw for about six hundred yards, had eight touchdowns. He looked like the best quarterback on the face of the earth. To to this day, it's the most impressive college football performance we've seen this year. One hundred percent. All right, fair enough. Um, did anybody get attendance on the Miami game Saturday? Oh, I'll pull it up, Tom. I don't know if you can find that. I do know that uh, on Thursday, they had sold 8,000 tickets. You're kidding me. How about that? I give it up to them. It was the biggest game Miami has played in years, a decade. Sitting atop the MAC East, the best team many believe in the, in the MAC period is Toledo. They were the champions a year ago and leaders so far this year in the West. Toledo scores 21 first-half points, and then Miami shuts them out. They don't score again. But Miami just couldn't get one more touchdown, and they fall 21-17, to 17, the final, ending a five-game win streak. Now, the Red Hawks have another big one this Saturday as they go to Athens to take on the mighty Ohio University Bobcats. First place in the MAC East is on the line in that one in A Town. Uh, capacity, or there were 17,000 fans that, that bought tickets to Jaeger Stadium on Saturday. I have a hard time believing there were 17,000 fans in attendance. Stadium holds 24,000. I just, I, I need to see a picture of 17,000 fans. Okay. They, they're listing 17,000. Okay. Steve Ross said 17,000. Okay. All right. Good for them. I give it up to them. Uh, if you love defense, then, I mean, how about the mighty Buckeyes? I mean, all we heard about was Drew Aller, Penn State, Drew Aller, 
Penn State. They didn't get in the end zone until the last minute of the game. Ohio State wins it 20-12. to Ohio State played without its starting running back, its second-best receiver, their best corner in Denzel Burke. But how about Jermaine Matthews Jr. from right down the road here in Winton Woods? Freshman. He starts and was all over the field. At one point, your guys, Casey McAllister, <clears throat> yeah. Penn State 0 for 15 on third down attempts. They go 1 for 16 in the game. Yeah, 0 for 15. They were, they were not great on offense, but, Tom, i got to correct you. They did actually make it in the end zone earlier on in the game, but it was called back on a very well, silly no question penalty. That was I mean, a penalty. It wasn't even debatable. That's a 14-point swing. I mean, that debatable. changes the whole outcome of this game. Not even debatable. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, now, look, Ohio State's offense is not clicking on all cylinders, but they have the best player in the country. Everybody knows that they're going to throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. All he does is 12 receptions, 170 yards, touchdown, Buckeyes roll. But they have a, an interesting game this weekend, primetime Saturday night in Madison, Wisconsin. Luke Fickle has his team playing good football right now. Elsewhere, number one, Georgia had the weekend off. Number two, Michigan. Trace Fowler wonders, are they the best team in the country? Beat Michigan State 49 to nothing. But oh, down the hall, I can hear the footsteps of the NCAA. I just hear them down the hall. <laughs> they just keep walking along, and it gets a little bit louder, those footsteps. In the SEC, don't sleep on Alabama, boys. The Crimson Tide started slowly against Tennessee. But I mean, in the second half, they look like the best team in the country for a half. 34-20 over Tennessee. That sets up a showdown against LSU in two weeks from now. In baseball, everybody loves a game seven. We get one tonight at 8 o'clock. Texas and the Astros after Houston gets uh, drilled 9-2. to the intrigue in this one is, is insane. Max Scherzer, who had not pitched since September the 12th. He started game three, and he was bad. But he has been in this game before. He gets a ball tonight for, or for Texas. Christian Javier will start it for Houston. First pitch at 8 o'clock, that game on Fox. And in the National League, my good friend Elliot said the Diamondbacks were DUN. They were going to get swept. Almost happened. Said they were going to get swept. Almost. They went Friday night. Or they won Thursday night, won Friday night. Lost Saturday. So they're down three games to two. So back they go. The fighting Phils trying to close it out tonight. Aaron Nola against Merrill Kelly. And that's a 5 o'clock game on TBS. And Casey, please an update on FC Cincinnati. So, oh, wrong button. The uh, playoffs start, I believe, Wednesday. And it's the uh, eight and nine seeds. They play each other in a elimination round. Whoever wins that will play FC. And then uh, FC will play on Sunday at 8 p.m. Start of a three-game series. And uh, starts at, at, at Cincinnati. Then they'll go to whoever the eight or nine seeds home field Montreal is. Montreal and New York play yeah. So yep. really then, quickly, they're playing Sunday night at 8 p.m. Yes. Playoffs. I will be there. Good Anything time else? in America to try to. <laughs> it's a great time in America to try to fit in a big game, Tom. Sunday night at eight o'clock. That's a good time for ratings. Best of luck. I'll be there. 
I'm glad Rip they. I'm, I'm glad they. I'm glad they introduced the series aspect too. Right. Everybody right. knows soccer is all about series. Well, here's the yeah. funny best thing: best of three series. I'm sure the championship match, best of seven series. World Cup, they do best of seven, best of three, right? No. I, Casey, <laughs> Casey told us that the first round of the postseason is a best of three. Yeah. They then do single game. So as the tournament advances, they play less and less games because that's what every team in America does. Casey, what you have ducats already. I do. I do. I have got tickets. I am ready to go. Ready to roll. All right. I'm ready to go to the bathroom. So you guys talk for like two or three minutes, and I'll be right back. <laughs> we got Whatever you, you want to talk about. We got you, Tom. When you're well, 60, that stuff happens. <laughs> hey, well, 1026, I think, is a new record. <laughs> well, <laughs> I could fill some time. Uh, Michigan's the best football team in the country. I don't think good. that's even arguable at this they point. Um, if Michigan and Ohio State played this week, um, I bet the line would be a touchdown. Really? Michigan yeah. and Ohio State? Yeah. The line oh. would be probably six or seven points. I'm, I'm impressed by how much different Ohio State looks than they have in years previous. Like the defensive aspect of Ohio State this year is off the charts as compared to you know, you're talking about their best players on offense, but still, I mean, this defense has been incredibly stout all season long. I think – I'm excited. I, I, I think that the Michigan-Ohio State game, which normally lives up to, to billing, is going to be really exciting. But I'm with you, Trace. I mean, what has Michigan shown to not be the best team in college football right now? Yeah, the other thing that I always crack up about is uh, everybody always says they haven't played anybody, they haven't played anybody. And although that is relatively true, there's not many college football teams that play anybody that much all year long anyways. You have, what, two good, two big games a year, three big games a year? Uh, when you're an elite football team, it's hard to find games in which you could quantify as big games. And I know that's part of your point is why you don't like college football. But sure. my, main, my main point of emphasis is with this is like, it also matters how you look, in my opinion, of when you're winning football games. If you're drilling teams by 40 or 50 points, you, it, that says a lot more about your football team than if you were to be winning these games by 10. And, you, and Michigan's just been drilling teams. And you could say whatever you want about Ohio State, but Ohio State's not been doing that. Now, yeah, they, they've, they've beaten some teams, certainly, but they struggled against Indiana. Maybe it was the first game of the year, people are going to say. And then, obviously, they got a big win against Penn State. And to be fair, I've not watched the Buckeyes play a significant amount. But you'd like to think for the Buckeyes to beat Michigan, they're going to have to find a way to put, start playing better offensively. It's as simple as that. And they might. They might be able to. But I just have a hard time right now. If you're telling me if there was one team in the country that I'm going to pick to win the national championship, Go, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Michigan. Jesus. So. Yeah, but now I mean the NCAA is the only chance that maybe that could save Ohio State to be fair to Tom. Do, <laughs> nothing's going to happen on that thing this year. They move too slowly. And I don't really know what they did. I don't think anybody knows at the end of the day for sure what they did. Uh, but they look great. I mean they look great. There's no doubt about it. Derby uh, Star is saying that Ohio State's played two great teams. No, I'm not an Ohio State guy, so to be fair, played, played who, who are they very played? good teams. No, no, we're counting Notre Dame as a great team. No, I don't think Notre Dame's a great team. I think they're a really good team. But it took like the final possession. To, it took the final possession to beat Notre Dame. Yep. And without a scoop and score, Ohio State could have two losses. I'm not going to put them in the same category as Michigan right now. Just can't do it. Well, their defense is without a doubt better than Michigan. There, there's no, I mean, that, that defense that they're playing this year is, is just, it's insane. It's a different Ohio State team. 
And I'm not saying it because I'm a fan. It's just, it's a different team. You start with a young quarterback. And I mean, look this season at Georgia. Or look this season at Alabama. Where they have new starting quarterbacks, young guys that have never been in this spot before. And it takes some time. It takes a lot of time. And Ohio State's had a ton of injuries to a bunch of their skill players. But here they are, seven games in. They're undefeated. They're giving up less than 10 points per game. And, and, and they're getting better on offense. They're not there yet, but they're not far off. That's, and they're my, that's, that's my whole point. I'm, we're talking about tears here. Everyone's getting, everyone's going to get mad because you're a Ohio State fan, and that's fine. You're going to sit here and act like I'm, I'm picking on Ohio not State. Not at all. I get where I, you're coming you, from. Not you. There's people in the chat that are saying all oh, a top 10 win doesn't mean anything. Listen, Notre Dame is a marginally decent football team. They they're, would, they're better than they're, decent. The, the, they're better than okay. Decent. Come on. I mean, well, come on. here's they're what we do with Notre decent. Dame. And we do this every year with Notre Dame. We always act like they are better than they really are. They played USC, which is literally, I will say this, literally the biggest fraud in the last 20 years of college football is USC. If you put USC no in the SEC or the Big Ten, uh, what would it be? The East or West? I don't even know if they do whatever the champions or the conference. What, what the hell is the Big Ten call themselves? I don't even know. But you, my point. If, if, if USC played on the same side in the Big Ten as Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. They'd finish behind all of those teams. And if they played in the SEC, they wouldn't even – they'd be like maybe Tennessee at best. Well, maybe Tennessee at best. That's what USC is. So if you want to sit here and say that – look how great Notre Dame is because they beat USC, I'm not buying that. But I will say right now that Michigan is in a league of their own until proven otherwise. Ohio State's offense is incompetent. It is just incompetent. If you want to say that Ohio State's defense is immaculate and unbelievable, well, I would then point to the fact that they've not played that many offensive teams that have much firepower. That's Simple fair. as that. Yeah. And I'm not saying Ohio State can't beat Michigan, okay, but to but, sit but, here but, and but say hold, that Michigan— But hold on a minute on that one. Yes. Notre Dame started the year the first three or four games, and they were scoring 40 points a game. Now, granted, you're playing Navy and some other teams, but all you can do is go by what they did. They scored 14 against Ohio State. Penn State was in the top five scoring offenses in the country. They've been over 32 every game this year. They didn't get a touchdown until the last minute of the game. And they were 0 for 15 on third down. I'm not arguing with what you're saying about Michigan. They have looked the best, even though they've played nobody. Harbaugh even brought it up the other day in a press conference after the game without even being asked about it. But you can't take away the fact that Sam Hartman was everybody's Heisman darling those first three weeks. And then all of a sudden they play Ohio State. He can't complete a pass. They're averaging 200 rushing yards a game. They can't get three yards per carry. Drew Aller in Penn State. Oh, my God. 30 points a game. Killing everybody. 0 for 15 on third down. Sacked four or five times. 18 for 42 was Aller. Come on now. You got to give him some credit. I think Ohio State's defense is, is significantly better than what it's been in the past. In fact, I would, I, would, I, would easily say, I would easily admit right now that if you took this Ohio State defense and you put them on the last few years that Ohio State's had offensively, they would be the best team in the country. Yeah. It's just it's unfortunate for Ohio State that the year in which I would argue that they have a team that is more than capable to win a national championship defensively, their offense is inept. It just is inept. I don't know how else to say it. Ohio State's offense, if they play against a good defense right now, 
They might score 10 points at, at the well, very time most. Out now. All right, time out. Time out. Yes. Time, I'm not, listen, listen, I'm not arguing with you that Ohio State's offense. We're, we're, but what we're doing is, is we're comparing it to what it's been in the past. Regardless of what you think about these guys as pro quarterbacks, their last four quarterbacks, I mean, Dwayne Haskins, right? right. Number one pick in the NFL, first round pick. Justin Fields, top 10, 11th pick in the draft. Uh, C.J. Stroud, second pick in the draft. These guys are breaking every record known to man in the Big Ten, one right after the next. So this is a different team. But hold on a minute now when you say about the offense. Hold on a second. Penn State's defense coming into this game was the number one ranked defense in the country in four major statistical categories. Number one. So if you're telling me that Ohio State against a really good defensive team can't score 10 points, they just scored 20 and they got stopped on a fourth and goal at the one. That could have been 27 against the number one defense in the country. And again, I repeat, Ohio State did not have its star running back, preseason All-American, Travion Henderson. They didn't have the guy that a lot of people think is the second best receiver in the country because he's the second best receiver on his team. He didn't play in the game. So come on now. I'll give it to you. They're not Justin Fields. They're not... C.J. Stroud, they're not Haskins, they're not even J.T. Barrett. But hold on a minute now, they got a quarterback that does not turn the ball over. This kid is starting his fifth, sixth, seventh games in college. He goes on the road at Notre Dame and McCord. He has Penn State at home. He has not thrown an interception since the first game of the year. Not one. As I've said. And you can tell, tell me I'm wrong at the end of the year. This Ohio State offense is not able to find a way to be a little more explosive. And if you want to hang your hat on the fact that they played Penn State's defense and Notre Dame's defense, and that's why they're so great, Louisville torched Notre Dame's ass. So if you, yes, want, to sit here, if you want to sit here and act like Notre Dame's defense is why Ohio State looked putrid, be my guest. Feel good about it. But and when you get to the end of the year and you have to play against somebody that has a competent offense – that can score 20, 24, 28 points against a defense, Ohio State's defense. Ohio State's going to have to find a way offensively to score 24 to 28 points to beat someone relevant. And until they can do that, I'm going to say, I'm not calling them frauds, but I'm going to say they're a tier way below Michigan and Georgia right now. Okay. Simple I, as that. I, I say it's fair to, to, to have two tiers on, on legit title contenders this year, and the, the first tier being... Um, Georgia and Michigan. And then right below that is, I think Ohio State's kind of in a tier of, of their own before you get into the Washingtons and the Florida States. But I think that's more than fair to have them in that second tier, not that top That's tier. fair enough. And we're going to find out sooner or later. That's all Correct. that matters. Because they're going to play Michigan the last game of the year if they can stay undefeated. I don't think the Wisconsin game by any stretch is a cakewalk. And Michigan has to go play at Penn State for whatever that means. If all three teams, hypothetically, of course, because that's fun to do, if all three teams were to round-robin split against each other, what happens? Penn State would go in. They have a rule in the Big Ten. Michigan team, beats the, Ohio State. The team, if it, they all end up with one loss and they beat each other. College football playoff is what I'm saying. 
Well, you, you, the, the, the that's, that's up to Kirk Herbstreet and the staff. That's right, and that's <laughs> the best part about a college football. It's that uh, a, 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 a couple of guys in a room eating Chick-fil-A, they decide the outcomes for all these teams, so that's great. Are you down on the committee? Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Drinking, we'll see who's the best. They're drinking their Dr. Pepper and, and eating their Chick-fil-A, and just Kirk Herbstreit decides who gets to play in the college football playoff. Yeah. Based off of the logic that Trace has kind of presented, that Michigan has this – world-class offense, really good team, and Penn State were to beat them, I think it would be Penn State, right? You would well, there, State I heard him say the other day, there used to be this rule in the Big Ten, and I'm assuming that this would be the uh, – th- 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 this still applies. There used to be this silly-ass rule about the team that has been the longest to play in a Big Ten championship game. If there's a tie, they go. So whichever team had the longest drought, that would be Penn State. What a terrible. Game. Yeah, absolutely well, that's just to talk about. That's just for the Big Ten championship game, right? We're well, talking that about would be to get in. So in other words, if you had the question you asked, if you had Ohio State with one loss, they'd still be ranked in the top seven or eight, right? If you had Penn State with one loss, and that means they would have to beat Michigan to stay that way to one loss, and Michigan loses one game, which means they would have lost to Penn State Correct. but beat Ohio State. So now all of a sudden. Um, all three of those teams would be ranked in the top seven, but only one of the three would be able to play in the Big Ten championship game against whoever wins the West, and they'll win that game 49-3. to three. Uh, Well, maybe Penn State won't, because they lay an egg when it matters. But, but the bottom line is, is it, that it's my understanding Penn State would go, and, and then all of a sudden you're, you're sitting there going, okay, well, Ohio State, was their only loss to Michigan? Do they deserve to be in? That's what happened last year they got in, right? Same thing with Michigan. Would they deserve to get in with one loss? Eh. I don't know. That's my point because ultimately if they all were to beat each other, you have a strong case for all three of them, yes. And I also think that they would all be not only in the top seven, I would argue they'd be in the top six or five. They might. They They would be in the top – you could make the case that if Ohio State were to lose to Michigan close – and, and Michigan were to lose Penn State close, you could make the case, as crazy as this is, that three of them could make the playoff. No way. Which There's is, no I, I, get, I get why you're saying no way, but at the same time, I would counter that by saying, and we don't need to spend all day talking college football, I would counter it by saying, who exactly deserves to be in there? Right. If you, Georgia goes undefeated in the SEC, that means Alabama's going to lose again. That's two losses to Alabama. Yep. You're going to put a Pac-12 team in? If you put, if you have an undefeated, if Washington goes undefeated, they're in. They're not. Washington's going to lose this week to Oregon. But, but I get what you're saying. Like if if if, no Washington play. Well, and and whenever they play, they already beat Oregon. Last week. My bad. Let me look up Washington's schedule. Who's Washington playing? I know that they. I know Utah. They may play Utah. Well, Oregon plays Utah this weekend. They also play USC. That's a big time. Let me look this. If I gave if I gave you guys even money. Like, if, if you want to put this in gambling terms, if I gave you even money on that both Ohio State and Michigan make the college football playoff, would you take it or not take it? Even money for what again? That Ohio State and, and Michigan both make the college football playoff, would you take it or not take it? I'd take it. Because I feel, I feel inclined to take it. I feel inclined to take it. I think you'll money. get an undefeated If you get an undefeated Georgia Michigan team, team, and you'll get an undefeated uh, Big 12 team, Oklahoma. If, if Michigan beats Penn State, then I think it's incredibly likely that both those teams will, will make the college football playoff. Well, even if Ohio State won, why wouldn't Michigan get in? That'd be their That's only loss. Saying. Well, if Michigan beats Penn State to where Penn State <laughs> yeah, has yeah, two yeah, losses yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they go into that, that game likely 
undefeated, then I think it's I think those two teams have have made their case for college football playoff. Yeah. Washington has Stanford frauds or not even frauds or a good. joke no, no, of a no, program. Not good. Uh, they do play USC at USC, which I could say that would be a tough game. Yeah, USC will won't be, be uh, They have to play Utah still, and then yep. they have to play at number 11th ranked Oregon State. So yeah, there's a lot of ranked best teams of luck. Best of luck going through that and getting out unscathed. And unfortunately for the Pack, I don't think they're going to get any any wiggle room on any of their teams getting the benefit of the doubt to get in the college football playoff over top of a Big Ten or SEC school. So they're going to have to be undefeated. Yeah, one, there's not going to be a one well, loss. Well, the only correct, team in correct. the Big 12, correct me if I'm wrong, the only team in the Big 12 that is still undefeated is Oklahoma, correct? Right? Um, I don't think any I'll of the other them. three, besides S the SEC and Big 10, I don't think a one loss team can get into the college football playoff at, from the ACC, Big 12, or. Well, I remember, we, we left Florida State out of this conversation. Florida State. Florida I'm State sorry. Might you know what? I might, I might. I might. I said initially I would take that bet. I forgot about Florida State. But I don't think Oklahoma is going to go undefeated. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. I, if, 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 if any of these teams go undefeated in a power conference, they're in. So then that would – that's when we're making the bet on the even money if Michigan and um, Ohio State can get in. You're saying that one of those teams will lose. But – yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I can't I can't imagine Oklahoma. But what if I, I say all of a sudden you get a you get a one loss Oklahoma team? Let's say you get a one loss Texas team. Now I, mm. Texas should have lost over the weekend, but let's say Texas. Let's just pick them, okay? Because you'd have this scenario: they went out, they play in the Big Twelve championship game, and they beat Oklahoma, who would be undefeated. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, by the time they play them, they would have avenged their only loss of the season. They would have a road win over Alabama, right? Right. So, I mean, you can make an argument. I think you can, certainly, that a one-loss Texas team, even though I don't think they're that good. I really don't. I, I watch them, and I, I, I think they're as big a fraud as anybody out there, but people can disagree. Um, they, would, they would make a case just as much as a once-beaten Ohio State or Michigan team. Yeah, yeah. That, that, there's no doubt about that. That would be a, that would be a tough resume. It would be pretty similar to a resume of a, of a one-loss team between Ohio State and Michigan. Are there any other SEC teams besides no. Georgia at this point? Well, the LSU is the only one that can make a run, I think. They got Alabama in two weeks. LSU has one loss or two? Two, but if they, no matter who the SEC champion is, they're going in. I Period. don't think so, Tom. Oh, uh, yeah, two-loss LSU Period. team that wins the SEC. I don't think so. If LSU beats Alabama. There's just no way. And LSU beats number one Georgia, with that schedule that they play, one of their two losses would have been to a theoretically undefeated and fourth-ranked Florida State team. Right. The SEC champions going in no matter what. College football can't have all those guys eating Chick-fil-A and drinking Dr. Pepper. That's correct. They Kirk cannot Kirk sit in a room and right. Greg Sankey sitting right That's down there, right. the commissioner. There ain't no way an SEC team's not in the Final Four. That's right. I just don't believe that. I don't think that's the case. Uh, if LSU were to somehow get into the SEC championship game with two losses and, loot and win that game, I still don't believe they should be in and they wouldn't be in. They just well, they, they, they can't be. They can't be. Now, do you think this guy inside the troll who brings up Castellanos is just trolling to try to get mentioned on the air? <laughs> yeah, you just gave him you his, did it. No, I didn't say his flowers. Thing. I didn't say anything. Um, that's definitely what he's going for. Yeah. Well, I tell you, he, 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 you really got to be on it. You got to be on it. We're talking football and you're trolling.
Boy, I tell you what, you got it going on. Thanks for hats off. He's watching though, Tom. That's good. I'm glad he's watching. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No. <laughs> Leave, troll. That is so tired. Um, okay. So, are we going to get into our picks? Oh, or are we, we going to do, do what? What did I miss first? Yes. What did I miss? And then we'll do ads. And then when we come back from our ads, we'll in the second half okay. we'll do our picks. All right. Let's start. What did I miss, Casey? Who are we starting with? Who wants to go first? Sling it over here, big pimpin'. Come on. Come on, big fella. Um, what did I miss this week, Tom? What did you miss? What did I miss? I missed a lot, including the Bearcat Bash. Um, Redacted. Redacted. Bash on Shortvine. Bash on Shortvine. There's a band. Um, what did I miss? Listen, Tom, have we began – did we overhype Caleb Williams? Um, this is another game in which Caleb Williams, he didn't, he didn't throw for a touchdown. They, they, they obviously didn't, didn't win. Have we overhyped him? I mean, against power or top 25 teams, he has been not even a mediocre quarterback, Tom. He has been a bad quarterback. Mr. Moe actually uh, DM'd me this graphic that they showed. Caleb Williams against non-top 25 teams completes 70% of his passes, has a 78-7 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. That's in 23 starts. He has faced five top 25 teams. His touchdown-interception ratio, 6-6. to He's only completing half of his passes. When he plays top-tier competition, he simply isn't himself. Now, if I'm an NFL GM and I see Caleb Williams play, if I have the number one pick, I'm still taking Caleb Williams at this point just because of how good he shows himself. I have never seen a college football player wow me as much as Caleb Williams has wowed me when I watch him at certain times. But time after time, we see him playing these big games, and he doesn't show up. He hasn't been the same quarterback this year. He hasn't showed up the past two weeks in, in big games against Utah, against Notre Dame. Have we overhyped Caleb Williams? Does he deserve still to be the number one pick? Is he one of the still one of the best prospects that we've seen come from a college football quarterback? That's a, that's a question that I, I genuinely want to okay, know. Okay, now here's all I would say. You can't argue those stats. You can't argue them, okay? Now, I, I, I would make the, the case then all of a sudden now you're playing against some really good teams. Right. Okay. So, you know, or, or certainly some good teams. In some cases, great teams. And Utah just has their number. But look, if, if you watch the game, and I watch that game, shows you my social life on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, Caleb Williams, with two minutes left in the game, takes him down the field and runs it in for a touchdown. Yeah, he, I mean, to score 30-plus points against Utah. Right. So, I mean, was he great in the game? No. But, quote-unquote, nut-cutter nation, nut-cutting time in that game, he takes his team right down. Bam, 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 bam. You know, although they got a big putt return there near the end for that last drive. But the bottom line is, is he runs it in the end zone for a touchdown, and they, 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 they go ahead – and then their defense, which just is so soft, it's, 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 it's insane how soft. Uh, and, and, and Utah goes right down the field with their number two quarterback. Of course, the rising kid now is going to redshirt, not going to play all year long, or they'd be a top five team in my opinion. Tom, the, the, the preseason Heisman favorite by a mile, the already registered number one overall pick in the next draft, if he decides to go in the last three weeks, has thrown for less than 256 yards. That was his best game. And in fact, he, he's gone 219, 199, and 256 in the last three weeks. In the last three weeks, he's thrown two touchdowns and three interceptions. 
That's not what a Heisman player does. That's not what a number one pick does that is playing in the Pac-12. And Utah's a good team. I don't want to take anything away from Utah. But I just want to see more from him in these big games before. And, and I, was, I was the one that sat here and said that he would be picked, if he was in the same draft as Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, he'd be picked number one overall ahead of them. I want to I backpedal that just because I haven't seen enough from him the last three weeks. Okay, that's fair enough. I can't argue with you. Do you think he's going to sit out the rest of the year? No, I don't. There's been some clamoring by one Emmanuel Acho. I don't know if you know Emmanuel Acho. I know he, who he is. Yeah, he wanted weed banned because he didn't want Olympic athletes throwing javelins while high. That was one of his big takes. But my <laughs> Caleb, Caleb Williams, uh, I, college football, as much as we want to say it's about the pageantry, it's about the love of the game, it's about the rivalries. Caleb Williams is the one player who's gone above and beyond. Like, he's, he's, it's all about business. It's not about college football. It's about business. I think his dad's, like, his manager, and he's just he, – he has, like, three national commercial campaigns. So, I don't know. If there's anybody that's going to sit out a season the rest of the way, it's this guy. We'll see. I don't there, think there, he will. There's no chance he's I, sitting out. You don't know? No way. We'll no see. way. I, yeah. No. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though. My what did I miss? Yes. My what did I miss? I was, as everybody knows, I was at the Colts game yesterday. I was, what? There's just no organization in this room at all. What? Zero. Why is that? Well, because Casey's busting his ass over here, and clearly nobody else in this room knows a damn thing about producing. So he's got to go around here and click on nine different buttons to get everybody framed. And when you do the what you miss, you have to go from one side of the room to the other side of the room, back to the other side of the room. Which is, you know, like I said, we've done this maybe once today, or maybe if we got here at a reasonable time, we'd be able to discuss these things, we'd be able to figure these things out, plan, do all those things. But, but, but anyways, uh, we'll, I'm just trying to buy some time so Casey we're, can get it ready. all situated, and now he can go for what the what you miss. Go for it. So my what did I miss? I was at the Colts game yesterday, and it was a great game. It was, like I said, it was one of the best games I've ever seen. It was one of the best football games I've ever seen in my entire life. Offenses galore. Uh, it was ruined because of two horrible plays at the end. I, I, so we were in the stadium. We didn't get a good replay of the illegal touching or whatever that nonsense was. It, it didn't appear to be on, on, the, on the video board that it was legal touching or whatever they called it. But the pass interference at the end, it was an uncatchable pass. Yep. And they still threw the flag. I don't know how. And they had a, like a five – everybody in the stadium knows this, but we, there was basically a five-minute meeting with these refs I guess arguing whether if it was un uncatchable or not, it appeared to be uncatchable. Oh, they're it, not even debatable. It, it appeared to be uncatchable immediately. There's no. I know. I know. We got rid of the rule where you can't challenge pass interference anymore, and that's probably for the best. It, it was a horrible rule. It was a horrible. It was a horrible production standpoint. It just it looked bad. It was bad. But. If this is how we're going to end games, Roger Goodell needs to have a meeting with all these referees. He needs to get them all together, and he needs to figure it out. He needs to figure it out because yesterday the story was not NFL. It was the referees. It was officiating. Again, I've had this issue with MLB umpires, and now we're having it with NFL refs. And again, it is, it is such a hard job to be a ref in the NFL. It's impossible. There's going to be a penalty that probably should be called on every single play. But at the same time, we can't we – can't, be giving all the power to the referees and, and deciding games like this. It's just, a, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look for the NFL. It's a bad look for the sport. 
So is that I, your Impala with the alarm going off out that there? That is not my Impala. No, I don't think my, my alarm even works. If somebody wanted to break into that <laughs> shit, they can go ahead and take it. Uh, no, but it, listen, the, the NFL, if this is how we're going to decide games, if this is what we're going to do from here on out, then we're going to have to have a meeting of the minds. We're going to we're gonna have, to, we're gonna have to discuss the rules in the National Football League because it's not working. It's not working. I mean, all you've done the last two days are hammer, hammer NFL officials and hammer Angel Hernandez. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what you want me to say. Angel Hernandez, objectively, this is not an opinion. He is rated the worst umpire in the MLB every single year, year after year after year. He makes the game about himself. I, I'm happy for him. If he, he wants to be the star of the show, I think Jimmy Fallon's looking for a new replacement. He can be the host of the Tonight Show. It's all about him over there. He can go ahead and do that. But if I'm watching a football game, and this is the, this is the sad part, it's a thankless job. I know that. It, it, the best refs, the best umpires in the world, you don't know their name because there's no reason to discuss them. They have the game played. You don't know their name. There's no bad calls. It goes, you go about your day. But that's not what it's become. Now referees are a problem. Bring, bring back in the replacement refs at this point. It's just bad. It's a disgusting look. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Good, good point. Good point. Can't argue with you. Um, all right, Casey, what is best for you to go to next? We're going with... We're going with Trace next. Trace Fowler. Well, I, I mean, uh, hey, listen, I don't know if you missed it. If you did, it's probably because you weren't uh, you weren't invested into the NFC North. And if you aren't, let me tell you something. The uh, the Bears are in a situation where I think they might have found their guy. That's that is what I was thinking to myself yesterday. I was watching Tyson Bajan. I hope I said his name right. But he's a Division two kid. Kid that nobody cares about, of course, doesn't get any chances, finally gets a chance to play, and what's he do? He goes out there and he just dices him up with this terrible offensive line, no weapons, nobody worth a damn on the Bears. He just so happens to go out there and just throw the ball around the field, score touchdowns. And for those that are thinking that, oh, listen, Trace is just a hater because Justin Fields went to Georgia, they went to Ohio State, and all these things. True. Let me just let me just say a couple facts. These are just statistically ingrained into the internet, and also in life to where I didn't make these up. These are just what exists, okay? For those that are wondering how many games that Justin Fields has won in his career, he is 6-25 and 25 when he's the quarterback. This is for the Bears organization, of course. When he's not playing, they're 5-7. and seven. He's thrown 35 touchdowns and 27 interceptions. His replacements, who exist of, by the names of Simeon, Dalton, I know many people know about it, Dalton around here, Foles, Badgett, and Peterman, of course. How could we forget about Peterman? They have thrown 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So essentially, virtually the exact same type of output. Now, granted, if you want to get into running, we could talk about a whole other source of a subject. I agree. Justin Fields, elite athlete, unbelievable runner of the football, maybe the best running back in the NFL. And I, and I think I could get on board with that. If you wanted to convince me that Justin Fields is the best running back in the NFL, I am on that I am on that train. But oh might I remind you, why isn't he playing? Is he hurt? He's hurt. Weird. Weird how that works when you run a lot in the NFL. The other thing I do want to say is that a couple weeks ago, when I don't know who the Bears play, they played some atrocious poverty franchise, and everybody wanted to say Justin Fields is back. He's the MVP again that everybody had him to be. Think about this for just a half a second. You and others in the chat said to yourself before the season started that you thought Justin Fields could be an MVP of this league. You thought Justin Fields could be an MVP of the National Football League. Do you watch all the games or not? 
That's all I'm asking. Because I'm not, you could say I'm a hater, and maybe I am a hater. I'm just calling it for what I see. Yesterday, the kid managed an offense. Now, granted, they played the Raiders, the same Raiders team that, by the way, beat the Packers. The same Raiders team that, that, that have a couple wins this year. They're terrible. If you could say the Raiders are terrible, that's yeah, fine. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. But, I, but I'm just going to simply say that to objectively look at what happens when Justin Fields plays and when he doesn't play, the Bears actually are in a better position when he doesn't play, which is a weird thing when you have this franchise quarterback and possible MVP of the league. Okay. All right. Can't argue. Numbers are the numbers. Can't argue. Boy, people are beating you down. So you are like a... Um, Scorned lover because of Justin Fields leaving Georgia. Well, they went two national championships. So, I mean, how many national championships? I'm just Justin saying that's Field? A, it's what other it's people question. are saying, not what I'm saying. How many Justin Fields? How many national championships did Justin Fields have? That would be NUN nut zero. So, I mean, why would I be so bitter about that? Well, I'm just telling you what people in the chat are. I'm, I'm not saying if people in the chat are suggesting that you are like a scorned lover. No. Adonis Mitchell, uh, he is at uh, a wide receiver who won two national championships at Georgia. He's at Texas, and I root for that kid every week. He's a great player. Okay. So, All right. I like great players. I just don't like guys that are put they, – they get crowned something when they've never deserved to get crowned something, and they've never proved a damn thing in the NFL. In fact, if Justin Fields played the way that he plays in the NFL, and he was a Division two quarterback coming in, he'd have never seen the light of day. Kid, 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 kid would have been kicked out of the league two games in. But – Hey, he's a great athlete, went to Ohio State, so he's going to get all the time in the world. Amen. Amen. Casey? Tom, I, uh, I don't have any video to back up my points here. I'm just going to briefly talk some of these teams in the NFL. Desmond Ritter came through again when he needed it. Again. He, again, yeah. He's, he's led two or three, dry, or two or three games now, game-winning drives. Again, he's a clutch. He's a nut cutter, Tom. Nut cutter. That's all I'll say about the Falcons. They're on top of the NFC well, South. We'll Who could have guessed low that? Who could have guessed that? Time, but go ahead. Then, then the Lions. I mean, I think we all saw this one coming. They got smoked by the Ravens. As soon as Jared Goff gets pressure at all on his face, just forget it. It's a wrap. The Lions stink when they go up against pressure, and uh, I think they proved that this point um, this week. And then the Chargers, man. Justin Herbert, he just can't win a game to save his life when it matters. And now they're two and four, I believe, I think. And they're pretty much out of this uh, playoff race, if you want to call it that, at the current moment. So those are my thoughts on the NFL weekend. Those three teams, you got to know you got to know these teams. The Lions, they're good. But when they face a really good pass rush, forget it. Chargers can't win a meaningful game to save their lives. Falcons, they're so up and down, I don't know what to make of them. <laughs> are the char you think the Chargers are done, Casey? I think the Chargers are done. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to stick a fork in them quite yet, but they're clearly not playing well, and Justin Herbert hasn't been playing well, in all, in all honesty, the past few games. Now, I still, like I said in the pre-show, um, there's 28 GMs that would take Justin Herbert in a heartbeat at this current moment. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not ready to, to call quits on the San Diego Chargers yet. Or they're not even San Diego. They should be, but Los Angeles. Do the Falcons have a good win? They don't, right? I mean, they, they beat the Bucs. They beat... So they beat the Bucs, they beat the Packers, they beat the Panthers? Is that what we're looking at? Boy. 
They have beat. Let's see here. They have beat yeah. the, and the Texans. Panthers. You're right. Packers, you're right. They beat. So Texans, they beat the Texans, Bucks. the Panthers, the Packers, uh, the Panthers, Packers, Texans, Falcons, or Buccaneers. I mean that's, that. It, let's be. It pays, let's be very it pays, clear. It pays to lose a lot of games the year before. Yeah. Let's be very clear. They have the worst play schedule, so they should be winning these Correct. games and. Yeah, that's kind of the reason why I have them up top in the NFC South. I mean, their schedule is a cakewalk. But, you know, they're so up and down, you just don't know what to make of them. I mean, the lose to the commanders, that shouldn't have even happened. I mean, Desmond Ritter throws for like 350-something yards in that game, and they still managed to lose. So it's just they're so up and down, so finicky. But they got a big win against the Bucks. I think the Bucks are the biggest challenge in, that they face Unless you want to consider the Saints, I, I've already put the Saints way down below my list. I think the Bucks are much better than the Saints, but what? Yeah, much better. Oh God, the Bucks aren't much better than anybody. They started the season the Bucks two are, and zero, and they've lost three of their last four games. I mean, come on, come on. What do you mean? I mean, there's no way anybody can say for sure sitting here right now. Take the Panthers out. Yeah, but the there, Bucks... there are minimal degrees of separation. The Bucks, Among the trio of the Bucks, the Saints, and the Falcons. The Bucks Any whipped, of those three teams. The Bucks whipped the Saints' division. ass 26 to 9. I understand. It's one game. They got to play again. Just, they got to play again. Well, that was their, uh, that's all I'm saying is that that was the Falcons' biggest challenge was to beat the, the Bucks because they were up top the NFC okay. South. That's now fair. now that's they fair. control their own destiny from here on. For, for the point that Tom is making, I think is true. Between those three teams, there's not a whole lot of difference. No. One of those teams has to win the division, and whoever wins that division is going to be a touchdown underdog in their first playoff game and will get their tails kicked. No doubt. No doubt. So, All right. Uh, mine is very simple. I, I, you know, look, I, I, I'm not a big stat guy because at the end of the day, and Trace and I were talking about this earlier this morning, uh, you can put up all the numbers in the world on offense and, and still not get it done when it matters. Just like you can do nothing on offense, but when it matters at the end, take the Steelers yesterday, right? They get 14 points in the fourth quarter. They find a way to win the game. So let, let's just look at two plays. Let me, and before we look at them, let's remember now, I brought up in a monologue, UC averaged 6.7 yards per carry on Saturday. They ran for 250 yards almost. And they ran it 40-something times. I mean, they were just mauling people. But lost in those impressive rushing numbers. Here you are, your first drive of the game. This is not the play. Oh, okay. Way. This is the one, the first drive of the second half, yeah. right? The, the, these are only scoring plays, just to be clear. Oh, okay. There's no. All right. Okay. All right. So, but the long and short of it is, is simply this, okay? They had a fourth and three inside the Baylor 20. They can't get it. They have a fourth and one on the first drive of the game. Fourth and one at the Baylor 15. They can't get it. And I don't, I don't in any way, form, or fashion disagree with Scott Satterfield going for it on the first drive of the game and the first drive of the second half instead of taking the three points because you believe this offense is capable of getting three yards or one yard on a first down, I mean, on a, on a fourth down. They can't do it. So he doesn't kick the field goal either time. How many points did they lose by? They lost by three. 
So this is turning into an unmitigated disaster, this UC football season. And I'm a UC football fan. But this is not good. Elliot, I mean, this is, these are your guys. The over-under for the season was four and a half. I took the under responsibly on Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man. I didn't think the team would be good. I did not think the team would be good. It's Satterfield's first year. Usually first-time head coaches uh, for, for a college, they don't, they don't win a whole lot of games. So that's, that's been the case for UC. The past several coaches, they, they've gone through this. Where the first year, they just look terrible. They've looked horrible. The issue here is they've never looked quite as undisciplined as, as, as this has been. They, lo- they don't look like they're even there. They don't even look like they're trying out there. So it's undisciplined football. Scott Satterfield needs to figure it out. And, and he's got about next year to figure it out. Because you, you, you can't win two games this year, come into next year, win four, and then say you're progressing. It doesn't work like that. You have a leash. Scott Satterfield's not going to be fired, nor should he, after this season. But next season, you got to see something. Guys, guys have got to start playing better. Guys have got to start trying out there uh, against Iowa State at homecoming. You can't no-show weeks. You can't just not show up. So it's it's yeah it's been it's been an atrocity. It's been one of the worst football seasons, UC football seasons in my lifetime, maybe the worst in my lifetime. Bad. Little hope, little to none. Okay. All right. Well, it's uh, Elliot. Time for you to get your uh, coat on. Because you know, I mean, look, it's happened yet again, as it was two days last week. You can be making your way from the far eastern edge, Claremont County, Hamilton County line, circle around 275 through Loveland, the, the elitist at Indian Hill. You can sweep, o- you know, sweep on over to, to, to the Blue Ash area and Sycamore and all that. You can make your way over near Princeton High School, jump on 75 South, and man, you're just bummed because it's cloudy. Right. You're bummed. And then the second you see that sign that says Hamilton, Ohio. Elliot, help me here. What happens? I'll tell you what happens, Tom. The sun, it shines just a little bit brighter. The clouds go away. And and this utopia that we work in, which is Hamilton, Ohio, it has the best weather in the world. This is the best place to live in the world. I was driving in this morning. It was very cold. It was very cold. It was 35. My Chevy Impala, unfortunately, has developed a new issue. Uh, the heat doesn't work. So I, I was driving with a sheet of, sheet of ice on my windshield. It was tough. It wasn't great. I had to fight through it. I, I had to uh, overcome it. I'm not, listen, I, listen, everybody knows I'm not an excuse guy. I had to fight through the cold weather. It's 32 degrees outside. But the good news is when you're not completely in the winter yet, it's going to get warmer during the day. It's going to get to 65 today. So everybody calm down. Weather's great. Weather's good. That's all there is to it. So it's high as 65. Low of 32. It's going to be really warm during the middle of the day. Really cold at night. It's easy. You guys don't need to listen to any other broadcast tonight. This is all you need. 65, boom. 32, boom. That's easy. Casey, phone. That's all you need. That's all you need. You literally don't have to do anything else. You look at the phone. That's it. I don't even have to look at it. 64, I looked outside. It was, it was all I needed today. It was all I needed. That's it. Boom. Ronald Reagan, back to you. Yeah, hi. Uh... 
Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. That's the best Ronald Reagan impersonation I got. I've never seen a Ronald Reagan movie. I wasn't alive when Ronald Reagan was president. I don't get this bit at all, but here I am. I got to do it every Back day. to me. Yep. Back to me. Yeah, listen, that's a, that's a horrible bit, but that's what we got to do. <laughs> I throw it to somebody. Unfortunately for you, I gave you the nickname Ronald Reagan, so the bit stays. Until the bit goes away, that's what we're doing. That's Ronald Reagan. I don't. That was a great Ronald Reagan impression. Well, get, you look like Ron, Ronald Reagan. Back to you. Yeah, uh, this, one, this time it's Nancy Reagan. Just say no. There you go. That was good. Yeah. That was very good. How about that? Yeah, a little callback. Yeah. My dare officer told me to do that once. Yeah. He said he came in. He said, no, don't do any drugs. No drugs. And it worked. I didn't do any. I listened to him. How about that? His name was Mike. Mike the dare officer. I think he's in jail now, actually. He probably Drug dealing. Drugs. Drug <laughs> dealing. <laughs> Drug dealing, as you can imagine. It's funny uh, how that works. Yeah. Tom, back to you. All right, Elliot. Thank you very much. Um... Okay, look, let's go through our picks, and then I really want to start getting into some of these um, these games around the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and some of the things going on. So, <clears throat> Trace, when we do these picks, I would like you to just be honest and who you would have picked because you weren't here. All right? Hmm. Um, before we go any further, it, it, it's worth one quick trip around the room. Z-Brazillionaire, I'm going to start with you. A winning... Weekend, money-wise, we or a losing Tom. weekend? What's that? We need to pay the bills. Oh, hold that thought. Please, Casey, take it away. The Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path innovation begins here. And let me tell you about this Pawnee water right here. This new premium alkaline water made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at PawneeWater.com, P-A-H-H-N-I Water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Sounded like the... Uh, Back that was to you, actually, Tom. That actually was really, really fast and good. The uh, It did sound like, and you did an unbelievable job of being that fast, where it sounded like the end of those... Um, like drug commercials. Drug commercials, yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Was, was just trying what, to get what's the, What do you think the legal rate is of how fast they're allowed to say it? Because they, uh, they push the envelope on that. I think they just, I think they legally just have to say the words. So, I mean, if you can, if you can audibly hear it, then it counts. As quickly as you can do it, as audibly can hear it, sure it counts. Listen, Pawnee water, pH level eight, natural limestone filtration. One thing's in the bottle. It's water. It's the best tasting water in the world. It's across the street. Go on. There we go. Ah. Picks, Tom. Are we ready for picks? Let's We're ready. Oh, well, well, okay. No, no. Real quick. How did how did we do uh, from a gambling perspective this weekend uh, with Betfred Sports? I did all right. I didn't win a ton of money, but I, I won enough money to uh, keep my head above water, and that's all that counts. You're just living to fight another day when you gamble. It's not about profits. not about any of that. It's just keep enough money in your account to bet the next day. Scared money don't make money. That's right, Tom. That's right. Now, I will say I lost a lot of money on Colts' money line. We were in the stadium. We, we, we live bet uh, the Colts' money line when we were there. That was a tough loss. That was a tough beat. Other than that, I had a great weekend. Great weekend. Tom, do you know what a unit is when it comes to gambling? I've heard you guys talk about it. So unit is how much you, you, you know, your average bet. I'm not going to say what my unit is, but that's how you quantify how good you're doing. This month, there's been 23 days so far in October. I have been green in 20 of the 22 days that we've already experienced. And I'm up 40 units on the month, which is unheard of. 
It's unheard of, Tom. I'm, I'm winning a lot of money. I'm seeing the board well. Wow. Yeah. Man. Casey, I mean, you're back on the wagon. Yeah, I had a really good betting weekend in, in college. Uh, I uh, bet Ohio State's spread. and You uh, have got to be kidding me. <laughs> cashed out. That was great. Um, then NFL, I just I, – I basically broke even. Basically broke even. I didn't, I didn't gain any ground on that front. So, overall, I was positive, but – Hey, positive is all day. that matters. Yep. Trace? I've not um I've not wagered a whole significant amount this season because I've just been I know that sounds crazy, but I don't think I've only watched college football or I've not uh, what week are we in college football? Uh nine coming nine. up. Week nine, I've had one week where I've not worked. So I've just it's part of it. So I don't I uh this weekend I was at the bash. I think I put a couple different wagers in. Um I do remember the one wager, which is funny because I'm sitting next to Casey, and <laughs> I just so happen to say, listen, Alabama's not losing this football game. They don't lose these games. They don't lose these games, and sure enough, they went down. What did they go down? They go down 7 nothing or 14 nothing. It was 20-6, to I think, 20 or 20-7. Casey, Casey got a little cold feet, decided he was going to leave the table, and I said, just, just hang on. Just wait it out. Alabama's going to win, and there they go. They came all the way back like they always do. Because you know what? Tennessee's offense – is a fraudulent offense, Tom. I don't know if you know that or not, but it can look good against bad teams. It looks great against bad teams. You start playing a team that actually can defend the run uh, with just four men up front, and the whole thing's kaboot. It's gone. You're right. That cannot be denied. Well, they look mighty good against the Bengals. What's that? Or are you talking about the Tennessee Titans? No, I meant the, the volunteers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're. Last year, they had a good team. I don't if think the quarterback did. doesn't get hurt, they have a legitimate chance. Of, I'm not going to say they would have beaten Georgia, but they had a they had a really good team last year. When Hinton Hooker was out there, they were they were a top good. 10 yeah, team. no, like, doubt they were about. certainly a top. Giving 10 up 63 team. points to to South Carolina, that's that's the mark of a great team. I agree with all of you. Well, that would be a black eye. All right, here we go with our picks, Casey. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we're we go. Starting the college game. Oh boy, Casey. You know, it's, it was brought up in the chat about you being a fair-weathered fan. I, I am really disappointed. You tell us last year how you have family that are all big Penn State people and all they this are, kind yeah. of thing. You talk them up here mm -hmm. in the show. You pick them. And then when you had to put your money where your mouth is, you go bet Ohio State. Yeah, it was a, pretty sad. It was an effort to uh, have a win-win situation there, and I felt like I, I – I, yeah, I think I mean, it's I, I'm, very sad. I'm, I got money off of it, so I mean, call me what you want. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all good on that. Okay, all right. So everybody else, Trace, would you have picked Ohio State covering? Uh, I, w I would have. I'm not going to take credit for any of these, but I would have taken um, Ohio State. Yes, because okay. Penn State feels like what you said, or they, they do feel like they never meet the moment. They, they very rarely find a way to win a huge game. It feels like. Okay. All right. What's next? Do we, do we want to get everyone's reactions? Or, or well, everybody knew Ohio State was going to win right. that game. Right. Everyone did. Just like everyone knew Bama was going to come back and cover this one. Well, oh, wait, wait a minute now. Not everybody. I mean, I still picked Alabama here. That's, that's fine. But correct me if I'm wrong on this. Yeah. See, now this is where, you know, I don't know why you do this. Yep. You wanted to pick Alabama. 
but then you changed to Tennessee because everybody else had taken Alabama. I think it's worked more times than not. Obviously, it didn't work this time. Tennessee was covering most of this game, so I it was it was it was a good pick in theory, Tom. It just didn't work out for me. That's okay though. I you got to get back on the horse. This I'm one and one. It's all right. Trace, would you have taken the tide? I'm assuming, based on your prior comments. Uh, yes, I did. I took I took Alabama in real life. So okay, that was that was great. Okay, next up. Next up, we have Duke versus FSU. I'm the only dummy. That was a backdoor, correct? That was a backdoor cover, right? Florida State. I know they. I know they won by 18 points, but it was backdoor. It was a backdoor cover. But listen, I listen, Tom. I you've been talking about Florida State for a while now. Is it time that we get very, very serious about this this Seminole team getting into the college football playoff and? And making some noise. Well, if they if they get in undefeated, if they go undefeated, they're in, like you were talking about earlier. But if they lose a game, I don't know. I don't know. That conference is pretty weak. Clemson ain't Clemson. Clemson ain't Clemson. And, and if Clemson's not good, that conference isn't very good. You're correct. You're correct. With Miami not being up to what Miami was 20 years ago. North Carolina loses to 1-5 Virginia. When the basketball schools, the Dukes and the UNCs are, are the – at the top of the, the ACC, I know FSU is near the top, or is the top, but they're near the top, then uh, that conference isn't very good. No, no. Okay, I'm the only dummy to pick Duke there. Uh, Trace, what would you have gone with here? I would have, I would have probably taken um, – I would have taken Florida State and because I would have – because I think that that's way too high. And to be honest, that's a disgusting pick because the, the quarterback that obviously is, is the reason that Duke's even somewhat relevant, the Leonard kid – um, he got hurt, and he asked to go back in the game multiple times. They told him, no, he's not, he's not going back in the game, probably to try to help protect him. And I just this – this is more of like maybe a philosophical debate to be had a little bit here is, um, is there ever a point where coaches feel like they're trying to overly protect players when it comes to their quote-unquote future? Um, and maybe this kid will have a great NFL NFL career, and I'll 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 look like an idiot for saying this, but like at some point, he he the Leonard kid was in hostile environment. Yeah, they were in a football game. Yep. against the what fourth or fifth ranked team in the country. I would argue there's a good chance, Tom, and everyone else in the room and the chat, of course, is that that is going to be the top maybe two or three college football games that kid or football games in the entire rest of his life that he'll get to play in that means something that that's it and I it wasn't I don't believe again I'm not trying to say and I don't know all the details I don't believe it was a head injury it wasn't anything like that it was just a kid had a bum ankle and he got it taped up was trying to prove to them that he was able to go and he had he looked and appeared hurt I'm not saying or suggesting that there wasn't reason as to why the coaches would act the way they acted but I always, I always on the other side of it, ask the question of, if it's not now, as far as like protecting someone for their future, what are you exactly protecting? Like even high school sometimes, I'm like, okay, no offense to this kid, but this kid doesn't have a career to play this game anymore. If he wants to go out there because he's hurt and he wants to play the last two games of his high school football career, so be it. Like you only have so many games in your life that you get to play. I feel bad for that kid, actually, because I think that they should have let him come back in and play. Now, would it have made a difference? Would Florida State have still had the same outcome? Maybe. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's the biggest 
college football, not even college. That's the biggest football game that kid will ever play again in his life. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far because I think he's got a legitimate chance to play in the NFL. He's that good. And what are the chances of him having a decent career in the NFL? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know that he's really good. Really, really good. I don't know. So we'll find out. You would have taken Florida State, you're saying. Yeah, because I don't believe that that line should have been that way. That That's one of those uh, reverse jinx brain situations like Elliot takes. Um, I Why is that? That line's way too much. And in fact, they wouldn't have covered if the Duke kid wouldn't have got hurt. So, Okay. All right. Casey? Moving on. I'm a big Utah old versus USC. Oh, boy. Big old donkey over here. Listen, Tom, I, I, similar to what Trace said, I saw this line and I was like, after the way that USC looked against Notre Dame, why in the hell are they a touchdown favorite against Utah? And uh, it just proved to me one thing. USC isn't very good. I don't think USC is going to be ranked come years in. I really don't think they're going to be ranked come the years in. They're already 24th in the nation right now. I think they're going to lose a couple more games. I think at come years in, they're going to be playing in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. And you're not going to even be thinking about the Trojans. Tell you what I didn't like uh, after the game. I didn't like it at all. Uh, and, 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 and I'm going to preface this by saying there is a significant difference. And you can say NIL has changed all of that. And I know people out there scream about it and say, well, now these guys in a lot of ways are professionals because they're getting paid. But the bottom line is they're still college students. Okay. They're still 18 to 22 year old young men. Right. Um, so the, the, there are times where, you know, a coach will step into a situation and he'll say, you know, right now I would rather maybe not this one player based on what just happened. You know, I, I, I'm going to keep him from talking to the media after the game. Maybe it's a one-time off deal, one player. But Lincoln Riley did not allow any of his players to talk to the media after the game. Not Caleb Williams, not the kid who head-butted the quarterback uh, that, that, that kept the drive alive for Utah that they ultimately scored and won it on. Uh, look, when Pete Carroll was at SC, that didn't happen. They didn't lose very much. So, you know, but they did lose some games when Pete Carroll was there. And Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush and all these guys, they had to answer the questions. It's the second biggest market in the country. Reed brought up earlier about, I don't know how much of a pro football following there is. There is for damn sure a USC football following in L.A. I mean, it's, that's, uh, in my opinion, somebody, uh, whoever wrote the article today, said it was soft of Lincoln Riley. And that is something that they are being called on a regular basis at SC, especially that defense. Soft. All right. Reed, the only loser there. Moving on to UC. I sentence before. Uh, I, I, it's the last time I'm going to do it, Elliot. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, I, I'm I, not doing it again ever. I did it because I, I think it was one of those things where I didn't believe UC should be favored in this game, and I took it for that reason again. You just try to get too far in your head. It didn't work. It didn't work. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm with you, Tom. I'm done. I'm done. Put. I'm done putting their their logo up there on the graphic. I'm not picking them anymore. No more. No more. Bad team. Bad. Bad. Bad team. Sad. Okay, we on to the pro game. On to the pro game. Trace, would you have picked UC? I would have lost the last two. I also think Scott Satterfield's getting a bad rap right now. I think that it, I, I really do. I, I really do. I think that to sit here and, and 
feel as if uh, he should be doing something with more. Like, he has more to his disposal. Uh, Luke Fickle left for a very specific reason, and it wasn't because he loves Wisconsin. It'll, I'll leave it at that. He made a business decision. He realized that the cupboard was bare. He knew that he had one unbelievable class that came through at UC, and the expectations are way too high. And the, rea the reality of uh, Luke Fickle's tenure was going to be compared to what he did back in 2021 with the college football playoff team. And everyone was going to point to that and say, hey, well, let's do that again. Let's do that again. That's unrealistic. It's not reasonable to think that that's even something that UC should be doing anywhere close to regularity. And for them to win the Big 12, it's going to take a really good coach to do that. I'm not suggesting Satterfield's the guy. You're not gonna, I'm not going to stick my uh, flag in the ground and say that, that he has to be the guy. But I'm also going to remind everybody, you had mentioned earlier that Luke Fickle would not lose four games in a row. Well, Luke Fickle did lose four games in a row. Now, I also understand that, that Tommy Tuberville uh, was a... The senator. He, he left a mess. But I would that was in the American Conference. Luke Fickle's first year lost four games in a row in the American Conference. And they, were, they won four games that year. So to sit here and suggest that Satterfield's the reason as to why UC's terrible... Well, I would point to the fact that they don't have a quarterback. And why don't they have a quarterback? Because the guy that was there before couldn't find a quarterback to go there to play football. His name was Evan Prater, and he, he was a swing and a miss. And I think he's a great kid because he stuck around. And he should be applauded and rewarded or whatever term you want to use for sticking around. Because that kid could have bounced, and he could have been soft and left and said that it was a coach's problem, and he didn't. He switched positions, but that was a swing and a miss. And that was on Luke Fickle's time. That was on his clock. So I'm not going to sit here and act like Luke Fickle – wasn't a part of the reason as to why UC's bad this year. Because he is. He very much is. Well, anytime a coach leaves, that's part of the deal. But Luke Fickle left UC because, A, it's Big Ten. It's a better conference. B, it's more money at Wisconsin. And C, it's closer to him getting his dream job at Ohio State. All those things factored in. It's not because UC's bad. So you think, if, you think if UC had Desmond Ritter and, and Sauce Gardner and all those guys going into their senior year, he would have taken that Wisconsin job out of the middle of midnight? Yep. Came out of nowhere? Yeah, yep. I know he would. I, yep. I don't Why? Think, so he can I, go to I, Wisconsin, get his brains beaten every year by three power, powerhouses? The, Wisconsin, by the way. The Wisconsin, the Wisconsin job is not so he can stay at Wisconsin for the rest of his life. The Wisconsin job is so he can prove that he can coach in a meaningful games in the Big Ten, which is arguably a uh, top three football conference, top two football conference. That's why he's there. It's to get closer to Ohio State. It's to get closer to one of the big schools, and, and then he'll take a job there. He's not going to be at Ohio, he's not going to be Wisconsin for another five years. Uh, I would argue. I would argue tooth and nail that you can win just as meaningful games at UC as you can Wisconsin, without question. Yeah, the floor is a lot higher at Wisconsin, though. Floor is a lot higher than it is. Is it? The, yeah, TCU just went to the to the college football playoff. It's more funding. And it's more money. Yeah, the floor. The it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Here's, here's where everybody loses me with the money and the funding and all that. Really quickly, and I, I'm open to thought. But when you're in the Big Ten, you got to run through powerhouses. There's no powerhouse in the Big Twelve. Yeah, everybody. but until until there, the there, last couple of there. years, until the last couple of years, Wisconsin has played with the big boys. They've beaten Michigan. They've beaten Penn State. They've beaten Ohio State. I mean, they've had a long track record. When Barry Alvarez was there, they won three Rose Bowls. I, I mean, mean, they they now in recent years they have not, because Michigan and Ohio State have taken their programs to a different level. There's no doubt about that. But there is no question that with a 12-team college football playoff, Luke Fickle has a better chance to get in that 12 at Wisconsin than he does at UC playing in the Big 12. I don't, I don't think it's close. I don't, I, I don't think it's close. Wisconsin, and he's making twice the money 
three times the money. Yep. All the facilities in the world. Your recruiting base goes coast to coast with any of the Big Ten schools. It's not saying you can win at all of them, but Wisconsin, unlike Indiana, unlike Minnesota, unlike fill in the blank, you can go right down the line. Wisconsin has proven they can win big games. Yeah. It's also the biggest ticket in that in that region of the country, right? Here in Cincinnati, I mean, you're, you're not the second, you're, you're not the top dog, you're not the second dog. You got to fight with Ohio State, you got to fight with the Michigans, you got to fight with the Notre Dames of the area. Just in this region, Wisconsin, that's the biggest ticket up there. But to Trace's point about uh, Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle's first year, four and eight. Butch Jones' first year at, at UC and the Big East, four and eight. So, I mean, it's tough when you take over a program, especially when you're heading into a new conference. Okay. All right. Okay. On to the pro game. Uh, I'm the idiot that took the fight in Chris Fieldman's. So are you, Elliot. I mean, what a fraudulent outfit that was. Yeah. I Listen, I tried to get on. Casey's been trying to hype up the lines to me that he's been saying that they're not as bad as I think they are. They are. They're not very good. I, I, if, you can, if you can close your eyes right now and picture the Detroit Lions – competing for an NFC championship game, I, I, I'd, be hard, I'd be hard-pressed to find one person that could do that. So, no, the Lions aren't very good. The Ravens showed up. They have, they have an elite defense. If Lamar Jackson has a competent receiver, they win a Super Bowl. He doesn't, so I think they'll maybe get to an AFC championship game this year, maybe. Uh, but Lamar Jackson's legit. What Tom said at the beginning of the show, Lamar Jackson's an MVP quarterback. Uh, as of right now, I'd probably give him the award. So, shout-out to Lamar Jackson. Lions suck. Lions are a joke. Listen, I've been telling everyone for weeks that the Baltimore Ravens are a very, very, very good football team. Don't fall in love with – I think right now they're the second-best team in the AFC. Don't fall in love, though, with the Ravens because we've seen this the past few years because Lamar is injury-prone. A couple years ago, Lamar, top MVP choice. Ravens look unbeatable, gets her Ravens dwindle. Last year, same thing. Don't fall in love with the Ravens yet, but when Lamar Jackson's on the field for the Baltimore Ravens, they can beat any team in the NFL. Everyone knows that, and they showed it as they just thwarted. They are a bigger threat today. Now, again, you make a great point. Today, as we sit here, they are a much bigger threat to Kansas City than any other team in the AFC. Agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. I, yeah, I don't think you can deny Miami's it. not a threat to Kansas City. No. They had to go on the road in those teal and white uniforms when it's 12 degrees in Kansas City. Not, not to be dressed old. like a bunch of uh, lollipops. They're gonna go get their brains kicked in. Not to be. A Baltimore homer. would show up. Not to be a homer, Tom, but I don't think Kansas City fears anybody in the National Football League, other than the team that plays a few miles down the road. I really don't think – I don't think they fear the 49ers. You think they fear the Bengals? They, Are they you should. shitting me? They should. Oh, my God. They should, God. Tom. Oh, my God. All right, what's next? Me and Reed. Taylor Swift, with any luck at all, if the Bengals get on a roll, maybe she comes to town for a playoff game. Do a concert, post-game conference. That would be big time. Dead a winner. There'd still be 80,000 down there. Right? Five degrees if she was playing. Yeah, and there'd be thousands more outside. No doubt. All right. Uh, oh, boy. Elliot and I are on pretty much of a roll. A losing kind streak? Kind of. Yeah, we just ended the losing <laughs> streak. This was, uh, Tom, this was just a classic. I know they, they, they eked out a win here. But after the Browns beat the 49ers, the best win that the Browns have had in over a decade, you had to feel like they were just going to fall back. And like I said, they, they eked out a win. 
refs helped some crazy one of the craziest NFL games that I've ever seen. But I mean, the Colts, you could have seen the Colts covering this one from not one mile away, but a thousand miles away. Yeah, there was a blocked kick. There was a touchdown. Uh, could have been a safety. Ended up being a touchdown. The Browns' defense is legit. I have I have no knock on them. The offense is putrid. I think the offense is pathetic. Jerome Ford statistically had a good game. I think he had like 10 carries for 70 yards. All that was on one run. Uh, P.J. Walker looks like he can't throw. Deshaun Watson made one of the worst throwing decisions I've ever seen. He escaped pressure, was on the move, had a guy wide open about 25 yards downfield, threw it right to a Colts defender. It was hilarious. Deshaun Watson has been probably a bottom three quarterback in the NFL He's since appearing. Terrible. Since appearing. I, I, I'm trying to think of genuinely worse quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the NFL that have been worse than him. It's hard-pressed It's hard pressed to find a couple. Um, Browns offense, very bad. Browns defense, very good. So it's, it's kind of a trend in the AFC North right now where offenses don't, don't mean as much. Steelers have been outgained in every single game. Bengals. Um, Bengals offenses look terrible. So... I don't know. It's interesting. The funny, the funny thing about that game yesterday is, is for some weird reason, and this is to the Deshaun Watson thing. If Deshaun Watson played that entire game, there was no doubt in my mind that the Colts would have ran away with that. Yep. When Deshaun Watson left the game, you actually were watching that game going like, oh, the Browns are going to win this thing because Deshaun Watson was leaving. And the Browns' best player, their best offensive player, is Miles Garrett. That's correct. He's, he's the only reason they scored. That's, that's the only reason they scored points yesterday was Miles Garrett. Blocked a field goal, two forced fumbles, one for a touchdown. Miles Garrett is the Browns' best offensive player. No and argument here on that. Trace, what would you have picked, or did you? I would have lost a few of these already, uh, specifically the Lions game, without question there. Um, I, I've said this all along. Now, do I think that – did I know that the backup quarterback in Cleveland was going to be the reason that they were going to win football games? No. I, I, I continue to say, and I will say this again – if the Browns can find a quarterback, and I know that's a big if, but again, you think that if you paid a guy two hundred plus million dollars guaranteed, you'd have one, but that's obviously not the case. Maybe, um, and a guy that when he first came into the league, now we all understand the legal situation, and we all understand he didn't play football for basically two years. It's probably a reason as to why he doesn't look good. But I just felt like coming in this year that the Browns would be a pretty damn good football team if they had a quarterback. Turns out if they don't play the guy that makes 200 plus million dollars they might have a good quarterback I don't know but I think the Browns are, are going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs uh, but they do feel limited don't they they feel like a team that's going to make the playoffs but you're not worried about them winning any I guess championships for say I think I think they can stifle any offense in the league like truly Miles Garrett in that defensive unit is so so good it's actually incredible that they've, that they've won despite how bad, how poor their offense looked. And, and when I look at yesterday's game, that is such a big win for the Browns because if they would have lost that game, fell to 3-3, three and three, and had the defensive start that they've had this year, and your quarterback's always hurt, and they're just 3-3, three and three, it feel, would have felt like a gut punch. But instead, they're 4-2 and two despite playing really bad ball. And I, I, I don't know. Deshaun Watson may be the example – of why guaranteed money might go by the wayside in the NFL. Just when we started giving quarterbacks guaranteed money, Deshaun Watson now twice on two different occasions has decided to sit out despite being medically cleared. He was medically cleared to play yesterday, and he said, I don't want to play. He didn't want to play. We saw that two weeks ago, medically cleared to play against the, the 49ers. He was medically cleared to play against the 49ers. He didn't. So you're paying this guy, you're guaranteeing him money, and he's deciding, I don't want to play. I don't know what to say. 
but they're better with him on the sideline. You want to hear, hear something crazy? Is there a chance that that he plays so poorly and or it goes so sour that he gets um, Mel Tuckered? I'm being serious when I say that. Like, is there a chance that the Browns find a way that they can they can uh, they find out what it, what it is in the contract that it has some kind of clause, and the next thing you know, there's I don't know if it's I'm not. But again, you call me a conspiracy theorist all you want, but there will be more allegations. The Browns are not going to the Browns not going to eat that contract. The, the Browns will find somebody, some way, in a loophole way to get out of that contract if they need to. The Browns should be kicking money to those those girls that that had those allegations to fund their lawyers. Because they need to get out of that contract. Well, I, I'm not throwing in the towel yet on Watson. I'm not yet. I'm not yet. I'm not suggesting what you're saying is wrong. I'm not going to do it. All right, next up, Case. Falcons versus Bucks. Read. Oh, my Tom. I'm not kidding you when I say when I – sometimes you, you show up to the ball field, and it doesn't matter what the pitcher is going to throw you. You're putting it in the gap. Sometimes you show up to the, to the pickup basketball game, and you're just like, give me the ball. I'm scoring every single time. I look, I, I get on Betfred Sportsbook, and I, I can do it blind right now. I can just like, that one's going to win, that one's going to win. What are we doing right now? The Falcons, and this was all because Casey told me how good the Falcons was, but it just wins. I'm just winning right now, Tom. I don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you. Trace, what would have been your pick there? Uh, Tampa Bay, two-and-a-half-point favorite <laughs> at home. The Falcons. Uh, Tampa, probably. Okay. We, got, we have one or two more. We've got two more. Okay. Mm. Ooh, I would have lost this one. Tom, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, listen, I have a lot of shticks. Uh, some of them worse than others. Being a bad gambler, unfortunately, is not a shtick. That is, that is the <laughs> game that I play every day. I wake up in the morning. Boom, bad gambler. And this is what I do. I give out losers. If people take these picks, I'm very sorry for you. I'm very sorry for your wallets. Uh, call your loved ones and blame me. You can blame me. I, I, I'll take that blame. I think this was another one, Casey, if I'm not wrong, where I switched, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So I, it didn't work this week. I, I guess I'll just start listening to my gut, maybe. I, but the gut doesn't really work either. Tom, I'm just really bad at gambling. That's all there is. You I'm said you had a green weekend. Yeah, but I don't bet these picks. I lose all these picks. I lose them all. It's the ones he's confident about in which he loses. Because which, what, happen, what happens is I pick these on Friday for the NFL, and we get to Sunday, and I change my mind. Okay. I change my mind on all of them. I'm in Indianapolis. Of course I'm not taking the Browns. I'm going to take the home team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, with the, with the Colts. And, and this one, I don't know why I did, because Justin Herbert's just a bum. Just a bad quarterback, Justin Herbert is. That's Trace's guy. Trace, you would have bet on Herbert in this game, no doubt, right? Yeah, I'd have bet on Herbert. And uh, Herbert, the last few weeks, has let me down a little bit. I ain't going to lie. Just a um, little. He's missed some throws. He hasn't, looked, uh, he hasn't looked as good as he has in the past. Now, whether or not he's regressing or he just had a couple bad games, I don't know. But, uh, but uh, the shtick that is, uh, that is Patrick Mahomes isn't a good quarterback, is, uh, it's, it's, it's getting tough. It's getting tough on these streets, Tom. 424, four touchdowns, one pick. The pick was was a bad throw, but I mean, 424, four touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes. If you guys yeah. don't already think that he's the best quarterback in the league, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's not 300 yards in the, the first. Pick. You can't you can't even deny it. You want to talk about a bad beat, Tom? That was a bad one. Um, the over under in this game. It says 48 right there. It got to 48 and a half. Was the the lie? What it ended at? These two teams scored 41 points in the first half. They ended with 48 points. So the under hit. How about that? If you took the over, that's a bad beat. Yes, it is. That's a bad beat. And then last but not least, the Fighting Eagles, if I remember right. That's right. right. That's oh right. Oh, my gosh. What about that? Got it right again. 
Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? Yeah, it's all Reed. the bonnie water I've been drinking. It's keeping the mind clear, Tom. Yeah, Reed went eight and two, I think, on this week. Wow. <sighs> Elliot, who'd you pick in this game? Tom, I took the Dolphins. I, 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 <laughs> I, Tom, I, 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 I'm at a loss for words. I don't think I won one of these picks. I, I've had better days at the office. This was one of the worst. And again, this isn't a shtick. We picked these out early. It's hard to do what I do. It's hard to come out here and give loser after loser after loser. <laughs> to be as consistently bad as I've been for the past three weeks at the, on this show at picking games, historic numbers. Historic. You guys, everybody in the chat right now, I'm giving you $1 million. All you have to do is put everything you have on the pick that I don't take. That's all you have to do. You, you just fade me, fade me to the sun. I don't want to be up here and give bad picks, but that's what unfortunately I've been doing. Uh, I'm very sorry to everybody who believed in me. Uh, including my parents. I'm very sorry. What, what is some of this talk in the chat about you um, beating up on Ohio State? I don't beat up on Ohio State. Somebody I, said that you were you were bad mouthing them. I wasn't bad mouthing somebody Ohio. this weekend. I wasn't bad mouthing Ohio State. I bad mouthed Ohio University, the other best team in the state. I bad mouthed <laughs> them, but I did not bad mouth Ohio State. Ohio State's Ohio State's been good. I think Michigan's probably a little bit better. But that's 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 whatever. Take take that for what it will. I think Ohio State's offenses look putrid. Okay. That's not me. That's not an opinion. It's just they have. Okay. All right. I love the Buckeyes, Tom. Love all them. Right. Okay. We all do. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I know you do. Um, okay. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be a uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take a step back here for a second because I called out Justin early in the program. Right? And then he calls me a terrible name. Terrible name in the chat. But he has stayed with us. And I'm glad he stayed with us. So if I referred to him as a troll, he brought up a good point. He said, trolls don't put their real names on things. So I'm assuming that's your real name. So then I would owe you an apology. I would expect the same from the last round, by the way. That's not a good word. Um, okay. Where are we about anything you want to talk about from any of the games? We've hit on some of them, and I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about baseball. Yeah. But is there anything else in the NFL that you guys feel like happened over the weekend that is worthy of, of further conversation here? Do you think the, Brown, uh, the Bills fans should be worried about the way that their team Without is Without a doubt. Be? I thought that, I mean, any time you have, and I said it in the monologue, and we said it all of last year, if you just look at pure talent – I don't know if anybody is more talented than, than, than Josh Allen. But the guy is just so reckless with the ball. He, has, he led the league in turnovers last year, right, if you combine fumbles yep. and interceptions. I think he also led the league in interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, last year. Or he was right up there in the top two or three. The guy just doesn't take care of the ball. And when your quarterback is giving it up, at least once, sometimes twice, sometimes three times a game, you're going to have a hard time winning. And the Patriots stink. They are terrible. They're bad. How do you lose that game if you're Buffalo? The, the Bills are the greatest anomaly in the NFL right now because they could beat any team. They no play. doubt about it. I truly believe that on any given Sunday, they can beat a team and, and, beat, and put them on – Put them on their tail. Yep. Put them to the mat pretty early, pretty quickly. Also, they can play any week. They can play the Patriots and look absolutely abysmal for a half. 
Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> I mean, the best three defensive players were out with injury. That, that's what it, that's what it boils down to is their defense is not the same anymore do you think, without those injuries. I mean, do, the Chiefs can lose their three best defensive players and they're not losing to the Patriots. If they want to be held up to this, to this pedestal that, they, that at times they look like they deserve to be in that top tier of the NFL, then they've got to beat these games. They've got to win these divisional games against a bad team. And like I said, I, if you get the if you draw the Bills in the postseason, you're a little worried. There's there's not a team yep. that'll play the Bills that that aren't worried about that yep. game. You're right. But the good news for Bills fans is the Patriots have uh, they they've come off the heels of losing 38 to three to the Cowboys. Uh, so those three defenders that they're missing could make the difference, Casey. Like you said, they lost to the Saints 34 to nothing, and then they lost to the Raiders. Um, a good team that just lost to the Bears, of course, 21-17. So, I do know that Casey's trying to point out that they didn't have their that their three defenders. But I mean, I, I'm I'm not I mean, I'm not def- I'm not defending. They they should beat the Patriots. I'm not trying to defend them for losing. I'm just saying the reason why they look worse against a bad team is because they don't have half their defense out there. Anyone that loses half their defense is going to look pretty shitty. I, let's not I, I let's just, not act not, like let's not, not act not like the Bengals the lose DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, and, and marginal pass for losing the Patriots. Just can't do that. I can't do that. I can't. I can't look at the Patriots and think to myself for a second that that you that you should lose to them. I mean, you said half their team. You said I, three defenders is not half their team. Oh, but there, there's more injuries. I'm just I, I can't remember the other couple no, injuries they're, that they they're, have. Their but their main they, linebacker got, and one of their main defensive linemen are out for a long time, maybe the year. Their top corner, their top linebacker, and their top edge rusher is out for the year. Both or things can out. be true. I mean, Both I things just, can be true. They 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 obviously miss those guys, but at the end of the day, you got to win that game. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that they shouldn't win. I mean, they should win. I'm just saying the reason why they look bad is because of X, Y, Z. That's the only. I still think six minutes left. With six minutes left in the game, Buffalo had ten points. Everybody, ten points. Six minutes left in the game. Their their whole defense was out. I don't give a damn. They scored ten points. When, as a reminder, the Patriots hey gave up. Where they give up? They gave up thirty-eight points. To the Cowboys, 34 points to the Saints, and they did come up stout against the Saints, or excuse me, the Raiders with 21 points. I mean, both those teams scored defensive touchdowns, like two defensive touchdowns. But let's not let's not talk about that. We're all on the same page here. The Buffalo Bills should have beat them. They look bad on offense, but give credit to to Bill Belichick. His defense showed up. That's been the that's been the whole problem with this Patriots team is that their defense has not shown up the last whatever six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a divisional game. Games that are a lot yeah, tougher. Yeah, there's a lot, no doubt about that. Divisional games are a lot tougher. They know you, they know you well. And, uh, and look, Belichick's won a few games in his career. Okay, anything else from the NFL? I think the NFL ref, I mean, I, I know we don't talk yeah. baseball, but NFL ref's the biggest story in sports. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you do about it. I, I have an idea of what you do about it, but I don't know if it's going to be something in the NFL. First of all, the NFL can't fix it quickly the good news about a huge corporation is that things can't go bad very very fast but the bad news is is that you can't really turn things around really really fast either right that's a a slow moving ship is the nfl i do think we're getting closer and closer to the point though to where they need to have the quick replay system that they use for other things they need to implement that for things that are 
obvious and clear. And and they tried to do that with pass interference, and they just botched it. Because I th- I don't know if it's like a union situation that happened with the NFL when they didn't want to they didn't want to reverse any pass interferences or call pass interferences that one year that they tried to they use pass interference as a as a reviewable play. But the spot that that the uh, that the Steelers got on that fourth down against the the uh, Rams was a joke, with all due respect. And the fact that you can't just be like somebody goes into the ears of the officials and we're like, hey, I know they don't have a review, and I know that theoretically that we're not supposed to be able to fix this. We're gonna fix it because it's obvious and clearly horrific spot in a meaningful spot in the game. So is it reasonable to think that you could have? one full-time paid official that has an eye in the sky that can call what we would call major impactful penalties like a var yeah i mean basically there's one guy that has the ability to 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 phone in if you want to call it that to the head official that says hey you guys missed an egregious holding or you guys missed an egregious whatever it is or your spots a yard and a half short fix it we're not going to go underneath the hood i'm the executive decision maker and there it's fixed. Otherwise, Tom, I don't know if you know this, like you might have been in the league long enough. These guys, one, are not full-time. Nope. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting if they were full-time, they'd be better referees by any by stretch of the imagination. But it's more about the accountability for me. It's, it's like, why can't we have a, and a PFF is maybe like a funny analogy, but there should be a PFF for officials. And if you don't, you get reviewed every single ga- game, it's public. And if you don't meet a certain criteria and standard, you're out. Next guy's in. Yeah. It shouldn't be this. I mean, and again, there's, I'm sure unions are part of the reason and there's tenure and all these things. But you have these same referees time and time again. In fact, one of the referees got kicked out of the ACC because he had malpractice refereeing. And he's he's the head official of, a, of an NFL game yesterday that has controversy in it. In fact, it was the, uh, the, the Sunday night game. I don't. Do you? I don't want to say you do how to fix it, but there's obviously a problem, and I just don't know if the NFL is showing that they care enough, I guess. Well, Jolly Jolly points out, and he's a big wig at Fox. He runs all the uh, elbows with all the big hitters. And Mike Pereira, he uh, tells us that he's been calling for a sky ref that would be in the booth for years. And I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that. Problem is, you get, like Elliot said earlier, there's a, there's a penalty on every play. Yeah, and if it, all of a sudden you start looking at some pass interference, but you notice in the upper left-hand corner that the, that the wide receiver is dragging down a defender in the back of the end zone, now all of a sudden we're throwing penalties on stuff that wasn't even meant to be a penalty. Yeah, it, it, you can't go half in, half out on that. So if, if you're going to bring in the sky ref, the sky judge, there's going to be a holding on every play. There's going to be a, a, a whatever, illegal hands to the face on every play. And you're just going to go down, illegal touching on every play. So that's the reason you can't do this. That's the only reason. Now, I agree with Trace in the fact that these refs should be not, I don't, I don't want to say punished, but if you're doing a bad job, and, and we know you're doing a bad job, and the audience knows you're doing a bad job, then at, at some point you have to be like, all right, maybe this isn't for me. You get deducted. You, it, soccer has one good thing. It's relegation. You get relegated. You get sent right back down to college football. And that's, and, and again, I think the MLB should be doing this. And the MLB, the crazy thing about the MLB is there's a guy on Twitter right now, X.com, who literally does this. He audits every single MLB umpire that's out there. So we know when an umpire is doing bad every single game. NFL should have something similar. And, and it does suck because I, there's really no easy way to fix it. There's just not. If you want to bring this guy judge, then everything's a penalty. If you don't do it, games are still getting ruined. It's a lose-lose, but it's, it's the way sport is. It's why the sport is entertaining. 
Uh, you only you only complain about this, unfortunately, when you're on the losing end. Correct. And that's just the fact. And the bottom line is, is unlike baseball, the baseball guys aren't out running all over the place. These football guys are men yeah. in their 40s and 50s and 60s, and these guys that they're trying to keep keep up with are are the greatest athletes in the world. They're yeah. bigger, they're faster, they're stronger than they've ever been. I, I mean, I can't imagine sitting there being even some side judge 45 yards down the field at my age, 60, and there are guys out there doing it that are 60, of trying to all of a sudden sit there and the ball's in the air. And, I mean, these two guys are running yeah. four, three, four, two sprints down yeah. the sideline. And is there any contact? And who was it on? In, in literally that fast. Yeah. It, 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 you're asking too much. They should, they should definitely do something to where the sky ref is only allowed to call like PIs or something that's like past the, the line of scrimmage because those guys, like you can, you can eliminate so much responsibilities that those refs have to have by just saying, all right, skybox, skybox, VAR, whatever, you've got five to ten or five to the end zone and, you know, we, we will get the line of scrimmage calls. And then that way you get more eyes on other plays that, you know, you might be calling for, like the holding calls that were missed, things like that. And it could be more of a judgment call at that point. Why? Why Tom brings up a really good point. We'll get to the Super Chats in a minute here. But Tom brings up a really good point that we are asking 40- and 50-year-olds to, you know, run alongside the greatest athletes in the world. Not to be ageist here, but why don't we have – mid-20s, early 30 guys being refs. I mean, they, they probably, I mean, physically I speaking. I can tell you a while right run, now. I, I, can, I can answer that question for you without a doubt. Thing. All you have to do is call the Ohio High School Athletic Association. They are begging people. Have you been to a game lately and seen some of the fan, kids' fans in these games? I mean, they are begging people to be basketball and football officials. They're yeah. begging people. But They're paying them more than they've ever paid them. And guys don't want to deal with the bullshit. Do you think True. they do don't want to deal with it? And then if you start hiring a bunch of 20-year-olds, how much experience do they have? Well, that's the point. That's why they, they're, they're not getting into it. If there's a quicker path to being an NFL ref than doing 20-plus years of experience and working your way up, and I know that then you're, you're not finding maybe your experience expediting the process and not getting the best guys that have been tried and true, but we're trying to get these people at their phys peak physical time. And if there's a quicker path to get into the NFL, you don't think that younger kids are going to get into officiating more? I you think it's a simple thing. It's, 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 it's already been proven in sports. You find a system that there's accountability, and if you're good enough, you stay. If you're not good enough and there's someone else at a lower level that, that does a better job, like collegiately and or XFL or whatever else, and, it, and they show that they're capable of maybe doing a better job, then they get a chance. It's the same way that sports have been professionally for a long time. This isn't that complicated. The reason that the, the real reason as to why most inept things happen in corporate America is because there's a ladder that, 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 that involves right. things that are outside of true competition. It's who's been here longer, who has tenure, and let's protect our friends because we want our friends to have the jobs that they worked hard and deservedly are allowed to have. Why is Angel Hernandez still an MLB umpire? Because the, his friends and those people protect him, whether it's via union or whether it's via just a, a committee, 
they're protected. It's not sheer competition in refereeing. As far as the, the, the I agree at the lower levels, there is an issue with people being upset and all of those things when it comes to officiating, and there may be some justification with that. But this is professional sports. There are there are thousands upon thousands of people that would love to be an NFL official and or an MLB umpire. There's not a shortage when it comes to professional. Now, I'm not disagreeing with the OHSA. That's a whole other ball of, of, of wax or can of worms, whatever term you want to use. I just would say this should be this should be not I don't say fixed because there's always going to be bad calls, but it should it shouldn't be always well that's just the way it is. This is the best league in the world. There's technology and I could be wrong right now. You'd have to convince me I'm wrong, but there's technology right now until someone proves me otherwise that they can spot the ball with technology. We we, we got guys running out here with chains and pointing to the ground on where the ball should be. When we legitimately have technology that could guarantee the almost probably to the tenth of, the, of an inch where the ball should be spotted, based off of when the, where the ball is located at this frame on the on the uh, video feed, those things should exist already. The reason they don't is because of like most things. I think the NFL is scared to change something dramatically, so you're going to have to live with something long enough until we get there. Could you imagine a world in which? There's no replay because we weren't that long ago where we didn't have anything. So I'm sure in 20 years, which is a long time, I get it. But in 20 years, we're going to look back at the way the NFL is officiated now and laugh about it. Right, we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't think there's easy answers to this. I don't. I don't. And, and chips in the balls and all that kind of stuff, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it works. We're going to find out with the baseball thing because that's coming sooner rather than later. Yes, it is. Uh, what is the last thing? Because I want to get to baseball. Well, go ahead. Well, the, the final thing we got to do before, before you wrap up this show is we had two Super Chats. Mr. Moe uh, had a $2 Super Chat. He said last year the 4-12-1 Colts beat the Chiefs, by the way. He put that point when we were talking about the Bills losing yep. to the Patriots. The reason that we were talking about the Bills and why fans should be you know, a little worried is how inconsistent they were. Yeah. It's the NFL. Upsets happen. We see it every single week. But – the Bills consistently aren't playing their best ball. Uh, Drew Garrison also put a $2 super chat. Why isn't Elliot on the chat communicating? I don't know. I, I, listen, I, I've, been, I've, I've been on the show. I've been talking on the show. I don't know what you want me to do. What, what, what is this Riz stuff that keeps showing up Ooh, all over? What is this? Real time. quick, because I don't know what this is. What is this? I, Reed, why don't you explain it? No, I'm asking I, you. I, yeah, but I don't want to explain it. I, I don't like this joke, so I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, Tom, Riz is when essentially... Uh, you have enough swagger to lure a girl to want to date you. That is what Riz is. Some charm. Like, you know, like, like okay. he's got some game. Okay. So why does everybody keep bringing this up? Oh, what is Elliot's this? Elliot's Riz is off the charts, Tom. It's off the charts. <laughs> I said I'm not going to talk about it. If you guys want to talk about it, you can go ahead. No, I'm going to leave it alone. It's just it kept showing up over and over and over again, and I had no idea what the hell it's talking about. I don't either. I don't either. Baseball, though, last night. I watched the entire game last night, Tom. I'll say this. See, here's what makes me crazy. One of the guys in the chat who's been bringing this up the entire day. And so, okay, I fall prey to it. I don't know what it is. I probably shouldn't have said anything about it because I don't know what it, it means. Could have been something terrible. So, shame on me. But the second we bring it up, he says, you can't talk about that. <laughs> I... Yeah, you, uh, some of these some of these guys in here, Tom, they're trying to get you. Riz is not bad for the record, Tom. So it's not. It's short for charisma. 
Riz is short for charisma. Okay, that- all right, we'll move on. All right, baseball real quick before we get out of here. You know what? It's too late. Let's go to uh, <laughs> uh, pick, pick a winner tonight. Pick a winner tonight. Rangers v. Astros, Casey. Astros. Trace? Astros. Phillies and Astros. Oh. I said that the Astros were going to win the World Series, so to do that, they've got to win tonight. So give me the Strohs. Strohs. Oh, and 49ers. Spread. Oh, yeah, 49ers. Yeah, they'll win that game. But what about the D-backs? They got a chance tonight, Trace? Game six. Aaron Nola. I love, I'm going to root for it. I'd love to see two game sevens because that's fun. That's entertaining. It's good for TV. Um, so I'm going to root for the D-backs. The D-backs are fun, man. D-backs are like, uh, they, they remind me of the Reds a lot. They really do. They got like a bunch of young kids that probably don't know any better, and they're just they're just competing their tails off. I hate Corbin Carroll's swing. I hate it. It works. He's an ugly kind of player, isn't he? Yeah, it's not disgusting. as ugly as Hunter Pence, but it's he's, disgusting. he's goofy. I hate looking. it. I hate it. Hate all you want. He was better than Nelly De La Cruz all year. Hate him all you want. <laughs> he's better than every rookie, Tom. That's exactly right. All right, let's not sing about Do we have Ellie. a cherry on top or no? No, no. Okay, you know what the cherry on top is. I'm not going to go down this road anymore with, 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 with some of our dear friends in the chat. We appreciate all of them being in there. But you can't win for losing on this deal. I get five, six, seven, eight people that are saying, hey, you got to ask Elliot about this thing. Now, I should have done my homework in a break. <laughs> but the second I bring, no, no, don't get near it. No, it's just, it's just my personal preference. I, Tom, you know me. I will talk about literally anything in the world. Except for Riz. Every single thing in the world. But the, the thing they're talking he's about humble. was he's a certain humble. situation that I'm not going to talk about okay, here. Okay, leave, leave it alone. <laughs> he's, he's humble. Let it go. He's very humble, Tom. Yeah, he's Let it go. trying to be humble. Let it go. Lord, it's hard to be humble. All right. Case, thanks. Trace, glad you're feeling better. Yep. Riz. Riz. <laughs> see you later, buddy. Love All that. right. See we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Have a good day.